Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This week in league, the code's been cracked. Burgess spelled backwards stands for South Sydney's English Grub. Grayson Goodwin applies for the vacant position at the head of the Westboro Baptist Church. The Eels reward Chrissy Sandow with some free spins of the Jamie Sauer defensive turnstile. And we preview all of the action of round four of the 2014 NRL season. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 147 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, feedback this week. We got a shit ton of feedback this People week. fucking love us. And look, when it comes to the feedback, I mean, like, we try and cut tweets down, you know, for the games and everything, so there's not too many, although this week there's quite a few tweets for some games, and like especially Friday night games, and uh, not so much. And once again, you know, the deficiency it comes in games featuring, you know, your Canberras and your Warriors and, you know, teams like that. Mm. But teams that shouldn't really be in the comp. Yeah, kick him out. But uh, with the uh, feedback, though, I like to get as much of it in as possible because um, people pose us questions. People just you know just slam us for for no apparent reason. People wanting pondering life. They yeah, want exactly. Input from people, successful people such as ourselves. Exactly, exactly. So the first one uh, from at up 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 Cronulla. Question: With Dragons, Tigers, and the Panthers playing okay for now, will they still compete for the spoon, or has the tide turned? Well, I think Sharky's going to get a spoon, son. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's I think that's where he was the place he was coming from. Um, but the Panthers, we never said they were going to get the spoon either of us. We both sort of had them just on the outside of the eight, didn't we? I think I had the Panthers in the eight. In the eight, well, there you go. So, I mean, you know, your question's moving first place. Dragons, I fully expect the fucking wheel to fall off that in the near future. And uh, imagine if they got if they got an injury to Widop, they'd be basically the same team as last year, and then they'd be fucking dead set certainties for the spoon. Although, if they don't get an injury to Widop and, um, and Dugan comes back, yeah, I still don't rate them as like a as like a premiership chance. I mean, they're going okay at the moment, but you know they haven't really played anyone. They're certainly so we'll see how they go. and they're not, and they're not going to play anyone either because they've got Brisbane next, so they've had a fortunate run. So I mean, far. at the end of the day, they come up against a premiership contender in round one that was riddled with leprosy, and uh, and they've been riding that Actually, wave of luck. Actually, obliterated them, riding, well, riding that wave of luck ever since. Erebus chaos. Just signed up for my This Week in League membership. I feel I've done my charity work for the year now. Thanks, boys, for making me feel less dead inside. Actually, made me a little bit sad. Um, <laughs> you poor cunt. <laughs> I, I, I was about to take offence to the, the insinuation that we were a charity. I mean... Um, yeah. And then you're dead inside and you're looking for us to, to liven you up. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, it's just sad. I do feel, I feel very sad. I don't think I can do a show this week now. <laughs> I can definitely do a show. I, for a second there, I pondered giving him a refund, but, you know, fuck that. R-Popsh. <laughs> R-Popsh has been complaining. He hasn't hasn't heard an R-Popsh this year, um, and he hasn't had a shout-out, uh, you know, and so he hasn't heard the R-Popsh. 
Ah, pop shit. And so tweeted and said, haven't been mentioned on This Week in League this year yet, so I might get shit-faced tonight and just talk shit flat out, a la Mup23. A la you of years gone by, you fuckhead. And that was pretty much his last tweet to us on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so he didn't actually carry through with that. And Mup23 is no role model either, because, I mean, that shit can't... Basically, when his team got flogged by the Tigers, he pulled the pin and said, see you rugby league, I'll fucking see you next yeah. year. Or when Cardi gets sacked. Cat. So, yeah. Um, Mickey T, 1985. Perm. Chiming in uh, with his perm. Uh, and chiming in on the... Uh, we're talking about Android phones and how budget and, and shit they are. Yeah. And how oh. pe- and what, what people would do about podcasts uh, if they Let happen... Me guess. Permy McPerm, the Penrith nerd's got a fucking Android. He does have an Android, uh, and not only that, but no, but for our for our other for our other less less fortunate people like the you know, the Kennys of our listeners who have Android phones, <laughs> IPP podcast player app for Android phones. It acts like iTunes. Yeah, we'll believe. Oh, you know, so there you go. iTunes, you just buy a fucking iPhone. Don't be a Penrith nerd. Exactly. Permy McPerm. Shaboogan said uh, that uh, Pocket Cast works fine on Android... Oh, sorry, his tweet. Pocket Cast works fine on Android cunts. Quit hating. Oof. It's a little bit awkward after our last little tirade. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. I wish I had seen that tweet before. We, yeah, how did I know? How, how could I not have known that tweet was coming up? Uh, Mitchell, Niles, 1991. Uh, that is... Uh, I thought it was Mitchell 1, but I think it's Mitchell 2. Mitchell's like fucking rats. It's, They're like the rats of Twitter. I think it was Trotter today, Trotter today that said something like the, a good analogy. It was uh, they like, like gremlins. People keep fucking feeding them after midnight and putting yeah. water on them. <laughs> so, um, but but Ree, we were talking about uh, Conrad Harrell and how he was coming back and uh, he'd come back through the lower grades and he was making his debut for the year um, last week. And he said uh, it wasn't through injury that he was coming back. He said... Uh, him and a few Tongan boys came back 5 to 10 kilos overweight from the Rugby League World Cup. Wasn't injured, just a fat cunt. Alright. So there you go. Uh, Fubar underscore 84. Hyperbole. Oh, he spelled it hyperbole, but we know it's hyperbole in the context of this show. Hyperbole Dally M's. Sounds like a fun idea to name and shame the season's worst players in the final show. And he's gone hash Razzle Dazzle Award. <laughs> I, I like think it. that there Let should be a Razzle say- Dazzle Award. Last week, there was a bit of a moment when you were saying about Michael Ennis uh, waxing lyrical about wanting a contract similar to uh, Camp Smith to, to end out his career. Yeah. And um, I did apologise on Twitter, but I must apologise to people listening in that I did trail off to a bit of fucking nonsense when I was trying to give my opinion on that. <laughs> I actually fell asleep whilst I was talking. But you're still talking. Like, I was still talking. That was actually impressive. And then... Oh, it's a weird sensation, but I, I have done it a few times when we've been recording super late and I'm fucking dead dog tired. And you turned into it, strained it out, didn't crash into a tree. My drive home, <laughs> let me just reenact, I was driving home, hunched over the steering wheel with my eyes like straining to keep my eyes open. Mr. McGee. And it was burning that much, my eyes yeah. were burning that much, I was going, oh, because oh, <laughs> it's actually ever, physical pain. Once I remember once when I was um, playing. the shit I do for these people that bag me every fucking week. Yeah, but you go Cuts. pretty, you go pretty hard on them too, though. Oh, uh, whose side are you on? I'm not. I'm just. I'm merely just just mediating this feud uh, between you and everyone. Leave <laughs> <But>, us <laughs> the world. But I uh, like my odds. I um remember when I was playing uh, playing in bands and stuff. And once we had a gig in Lismore, and I sort of left work at two thirty, went home, picked up you know my amp and all my stuff, drove down there, and I thought it was about two and a half hours, I think. Um, finished the gig. 
left there about, you know, midnight or one or something like that, driving back and driving up the freeway down where, like, the big-ass, uh, you know, BP, like, super stations mm. down, like, Yatler or, you know, Beanley, wherever Stapled it is. Stapleton. And, um, fucking, I remember seeing the centre lines were, like, standing straight up, like, fucking, like, neon, like, like fluorescent light tubes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just, like, fucking, and I was like, wow, I'm fucking an hour from home at this point. Yeah. <laughs> this is fucked. But anyway, my point was... My hyperbole comment. Yes, <laughs> that was during one of those times. I don't. I actually don't believe that. Because I, I wanted to say hyperbolic. Ah, uh, okay. Don't ruin it. But no, because you're ruining the mystique <laughs> around the genius. No, people, it's not genius. It's really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not actually that dumb. I'm pretty dumb. Don't get me wrong. Just not quite that dumb. Okay. Okay. So anyway, razzle dazzle. What I think it's a fantastic idea, and I think we should do this starting next round, just so I give people ample warning. And I think we should do it for the revelation as well. Not that it's a fan-voted thing, uh, you know, through the through the rounds into the end of the season. But I think we should probably do a three-two-one each week across all games. Revelation and razzle dazzle. Then come the end of the season, we'll have a cumulative tally, and we can just go bam. Instead of because like we agonise over who's a fucking revelation, and we sort of you know try and think up the names to nominate for people. And I come up with some bullshit. Every year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so we, it's really hard to get those five names. But if we come to the end of the season, that just gives us two two categories populated out with actual cumulative numbers, like numbers from the votes. So uh, Are you going to keep the tally? Because I, I just don't yeah. have that time on my hands. Yeah, well, you know, maybe you should fucking do something. Come on. <laughs> someone, yeah. will do, someone will keep the tally for us. Or I'll do it. I know a couple of good stats, people. Just saying. That's true. That's true. Toto TV. Now I remember why I can't listen to This Week in League in the Car while dropping my son off. Oh. Hash F-bombs. Hash like a sailor. Hash parental advisory warning. Mate. The fuck were you thinking? Fuck's sake. I mean, like, that's it. If you've ever listened to this show, you must have thought. And look, and let's, look, let's be fair. If you started listening to the show for the first season and then something happened and you were in a coma for two years and then you came back to the start of the fourth year, like start of last year... We're still things, talking the same shit. Yeah, but things have progressively gotten looser. You think? Yeah, yeah. I could tell you. I could tell you for a fact because I remember initially we started off. Let's just look at the the evolution of the use of the word "cunt" on this show. <laughs> okay, so we started off. We started off, and we just didn't say it. We knew to self censor ourselves and not say. Then okay, then then something would happen like the second year in or the third year. Something would happen, and we'd bleep it out. Like for example, like when Chechen gave that penalty against Orford, um, you know, on on Preston Campbell that lost Manly that game down at Skill. We weren't even doing the show then, mate. Something like that. I'm just saying something like that. Like like the the Jared Hayne fucking five meter forward pass, you know, the gridiron pass. Something absolutely outrageous would happen, and then you know sometimes one of us or both of us. Would drop it. Would drop a C bomb in there, at which I would actually fucking write down the time code when it happened, and go back and bleep it out. You know, when I went through the edit of the show, and then it's got you know, then it's got the stage like oh, fucking yeah. People go, why you edit? Why you edit that one? Why, why you edit kind of yeah. yeah and there's time and there's everything as well. So yeah, fuck it. We'll just let it ride. And then yep. now, so then we started letting them ride, and then you know, people didn't start switching off. People actually started more listeners came in, and we put people on the spot every year. Do you want us to curb it? And they're always like, nah, nah, love it. Universally. Exactly, exactly. Except for Andos 20, he's like, no, nah, I don't, don't I think you should swear like that. Fuck that cunt. It really fucks me. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, sorry. It fucks what up. What were we making again? It fucks up my stroke when, you know, when I'm when I'm banging banging the guy's wife who's banging my wife. Oh. Know, so. <laughs> Can we please move on from this? You remember, you remember Andos was a swinger. He was looking for someone to fuck his wife. Yeah, remember? I remember yeah. it well. Let's not relive it. Okay, cool. 
I thought you, you're acting you're acting like I just fucking went hash cum jam. <laughs> now, so anyway, Nathos twenty. <laughs> so anyway, Toto TV. If that in fact is your real name, you should fucking know better. <laughs> Dead set. Tiger underscore Benji. You posed the question this week, is Mario Fennec brain damage from rugby league or was he just born that way? Then he goes on to say, my question, are so many Twill Nation fans retarded because they were born that way or because they listen to you two dribble so much? Who the fuck said that? Ben. Tiger Benji. I've never been more disappointed in someone than I am in him right now. Yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a guy. This is a, a guy that's listened to every episode li- of this fucking show. This is a guy we met, and you listens, know, you know him fairly listens well. Listens to me every week, talk shit, then goes, you know what? How about I buy you lunch? Exactly. Then we go to lunch for an hour or so. I talk the same shit there that I do here. Loves it. Can't get enough of it. Or now, all of a sudden, it's causing brain damage. Yeah. In summary, noted. Fuck you, Ben. Noted. At fanatic eel, this poor bastard. Just listened at work. Great episode, guys. Definitely the number one league podcast. Do you have to bash Para Two Spoons is bad enough? Uh, yes. Yes, we do. Uh, yeah, and you, you might want to fucking get the pads on right now because <laughs> in about half an hour, <laughs> it's coming again. <laughs> at Mr. Underscore Sando, or is it Mr. Underscore Shando? I guess until we know where he comes from, it's hard to say. Thank you for spreading the word about that purple fucked hard Ben Iken. Would rather sniff a bag of dicks and watch his show. Hash real talk. Well, I mean, hash, the hashtag included was mine. Just like if it was a bag of like freshly washed dicks, it'd be quite aromatic. <laughs> <laughs> if, if it was Lux soap. Dear oh, God, I don't even know where to start with that one. <laughs> At Devonhead, Trotter said, uh, "Why? Does, well, this is that was an excellent segue you just did there because then Trotter's tweet: Why does G sound like he's sucking on cock when talking about Vito? Dude isn't Polynesian." And I actually replied to this at the time and oh, said, "Well, as it turns out, he actually does have some Samoan heritage, <laughs> which is which, which explains everything really. I mean, that's a, you know that makes it a moot point." <laughs> did I? Was, is he saying I actually just the way I carried on about him, or I the fact so, I'm yeah. pretty sure I was eating chocolate at the time? And not that's not a metaphor. Gee, that's unfortunate. Gee, that's unfortunate timing. Yeah, it's not a metaphor. <laughs> yeah, caramel filled chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! It gets worse every week. I swear you are like the, the fucking master of just digging the hole deeper. Like, <laughs> and just when you think it can't get any deeper, you through the core. You fucking throw on your flame retardant <laughs> suit and just keep fucking going. And before too long, you'll end up in China. Oh, look, people love it. <laughs> well, ideally, you keep digging and digging, and you'll fucking you'll end up on, you know, on like Tonga or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am a geographically challenged, so instead of ending up in China, uh, probably going to end up somewhere in the South Pacific. <laughs> Beer boy one eight two. Uh, he said, uh, "Kudos to the the NRL footy show slash Big Bang <laughs> Big Bang Theory blasting a show for complete brain deads that need a laugh track to be prompted to laugh." Word. Adam, 1975, just got looked at all weird because I snorted at This Week in League while walking through to Wong Village. <laughs> Cunts think they're all funny and shit. <laughs> and, uh, I, and I pressed him upon, you know, what was, uh, you know, what was so funny because... All of it. And, uh, yeah, and he said there was something about Rad Radra, Rad Rad Rad, you know, Rad 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 Rad. Yeah. When we were going on about Rad Rad Rad. long way from your funniest work. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you know, you know, low bar, get ready for some fucking chuckles, son. <laughs> 
That one made you snort, Jesus. You better rack up some lines then, son, because here it comes. Here comes I'm the comedy. Of, just when I think I'm immune to your bullshit, every once in a while, you fucking... It's always the best times when we make each other just like... We try and keep it together and yeah, then nah. Yeah, yeah. It's good times. That's uh, when you know you still got it. The new segment on our show, Annie Watch, it happens, uh, Annie O'Brien. Just want to point out that Glenn's... <laughs> Annie, Annie Watch. <laughs> Annie Watch. Wow. Just want to point out that Glenn's shroom must be large enough to function... The contents of his wife's uterus is proof, unless dot dot dot. I don't know what that. There was no follow up unless unless tweet. Conception, son of God. Just saying. <laughs> well, then you got fucking no hand in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, that school that you send Jackson to is fucking starting to rub off on you. Yeah, it really is. Does he come? Does he come on with like with with uh, like God stuff? It's. We've started. We've started. Yeah. Anyway, it. we sent we sent Jackson to a private school and um. Which is it's an it, Anglican school. Anglican, okay. Which is, I thought was as close to non-religious as you're probably going to get yeah. as far as private schools. We got killer in Lutheran, which I, th- I also thought was you know as as you know. He's uh. They have they have chapel every Friday, mm. which is fine, but they do a, a little a little prayer and and part of it's hosted by the school reverend, and. They get uh, a bit of God homework every week, or, oh, or you they? know, like well, more same prep. They had like a lot of colouring in and stuff okay. like that. Different like stories. Sure hasn't brought that home yet, actually. So I'm, I'm fairly. Um, and you know, I'm open. And if we could just get a little, if we could speak religion for a moment, mm-hmm. uh, I don't begrudge anyone their beliefs. And no, um, neither me. And if Jackson chooses to uh, go down that path, I'll never uh, discredit it. But <laughs> you never, I'll never fucking speak to him again. <laughs> yeah, but. You know, when they say the little prayer, I um, I have my own little thing. I I don't say Amen. I just you just say, look around. Like everyone's like, got their heads down. Cogger, Cogger. Substitute Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> Our Father Cogger, who art in Lidcombe. <laughs> Hallowed be thy name. <laughs> But yeah, I was killed. I mean, there's some some style killer just comes out with some fucking funny shit though, like you know the god stuff that they've been putting on because we're not we're not at all like you know religious, but um obviously you know to get the quality education you know you need to need to do what you need to do, and um and he 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 come out, like he says stuff sometimes like oh you know like oh you know God made me special I'm like oh that's like you know I got no problem with that if you know mm. if it's making kids feel like they're fucking you know like they're special and you'd be a bit of a cock parent like to, to, to go to go. You know, there is no God. <laughs> what sort of fucking cockhead would you be? At yeah. the end of the day, your kid, like Jackson, enjoys it. He yeah. goes there, they, they sing songs, they do all the rest. Of it. And I get that that's, you know, that's the whole idea of, you know, leading down that, that path to, to to belief. But he he enjoys it. Yeah. And as long as he enjoys it, I'll. I'll and if it makes the kids, and if, it, and if it actually makes the kids not not fuckheads and like bully people, you know, each other and shit, then, you know, I'm all for that, you know, you know in the school. I can live with whatever the hell they want to teach him about religion because mm-hmm. at the same time the the overwhelming message of that school is their bucket filler program which is an anti-bullying campaign yeah um and it is everywhere every teacher promotes it every yeah. classroom has its own like bucket filling area where they you know they fill someone else's bucket by saying something complimentary or encouraging uh, or positive okay. yeah um you know and the teachers give them you know um, pray special praise and, and fill their own bucket if they yeah. help fill someone else's. It's it's a really you know I've never heard of that thing before. No, I'm sure if you've been involved in the education system, maybe it's quite um, prevalent. But 
you know, that sort of message, that's the sort of shit I want my kid to learn. Yeah. So if he if he's going to learn religious stuff, that's all well and good. I don't mind yeah. because that message is, is something that's going to last. I mean, we, we we funny. We only find out that religious stuff like it's always like sort of sec- like inadvertently because like he'll be jumping on the trampoline and singing a song about you know shine shine your light into something. <laughs> yeah, while he's like he was he, he was taking a leak. He, he stripped off. He's taking a leak before he got into the bath and just tonight. Yeah. And he's going crunch crunch munch munch. Thank you Lord for my lunch. Ah uh, man, and like yelling out like a military. Sort of, you know, like, a, like a cadence oh, it's fucking hilarious but that's the first time oh, I heard God didn't give you that lunch Beaver gave me that lunch <laughs> yeah, Cliff Lyons you fucking forget it <laughs> anyway got off track there um, back on that foul mouth Annie sent us a tweet said you fucking dicks I don't need to take my clothes off to get your attention clearly P.S. Fijoas are fucking amazing cunts it's quite ironic that um, <laughs> how do you say that word Fijoas. Fijoas, yeah. No idea what the fuck they are. Um, it's like a fruit. I've only ever tasted it in 42 below vodka form. <laughs> <laughs> but That's my um, only first and only exposure to the fruit. Mate of mine uh, is a Kiwi, and uh, he posted, you know, shared some page of some farm in New okay. Zealand, and um, that obviously farms said fruit Okay. that I can't pronounce. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's not mushrooms, is it? Any, I know a little <laughs> bit about them. Just saying, no. I do. I do. I, I, I gotta say, I do love a woman that's going to drop sea bombs, though. Yeah, but well, having said that, I mean that's that's not a big thing. I mean, you know, like the old fucking toothless hag in the gutter outside the exhibition hotel. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> she's probably fucking calling everyone to cut the way past as well. So I mean, it's not like it's a high bar you jump. <laughs> <laughs> You're not exactly an exclusive company, Annie, but we still love you nonetheless. Now put your bloody shirt on, Mister Underscore Wars. I had to. Get, I actually put this one last because I wanted, I wanted Sam to have the last word. Mister Underscore Wars, uh, shit goes in my ears, shit goes out my ass. Shitting and listening to this wicked league is the new black. And if you've seen his tweets lately, he's uh, he, he's suffering badly through marathon preparation. Food, the, the food he's eating, which is not that you know, not that much. expansive or Carrot. much, yeah, um, yeah, carrot and air. It's not agreeing with him essentially, and he and he details it uh, rather graphically on his. So really at, at Mister Underscore Wars, if you if you're interested in the the bowel movements of a marathon runner, I miss Sam. I miss seeing him at the footy and yep. Miss his man hugs. Miss his scent. <laughs> I miss his. I miss his. Uh, his aubergine tight jeans. Oh, what about? couple of the boys, Brad and Troy, yeah. taking to wearing the aubergine pants. No and Sam's. I said, how about your fucking aubergine pants? They're like, and everyone's like, it's not fucking aubergine. And everyone's Googling aubergine. That's aubergine. I'm like, hang on a fucking second. Listen, you motherfuckers. Do you know how many people listen to our show never once corrected us? It's fucking I mean, the aubergine. Whole, the, whole point, yeah, the whole point of, of calling it aubergine was because it's just to make it sound more fucking hoity-toity. <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> I mean, obviously, obviously, aubergine is like you're more like purple, more than like you know, yeah. like a maroon color. But still, you know, <sighs> it's all fucking comedy. Why do we have to fucking spell this out yeah, for these like retards? It's not as much fun. <laughs> no. It's not as much fun if we have to tr- draw pictures. I mean, they ruined it for everyone. Fuck's sake! This is why you can't have nice things, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook, Ian Saguna, he cut sick on our Facebook this week. Uh, one, one thing he said, and I need to get your feedback on this. He said, uh, after listening to this week's podcast, I thought that Nate, you were one massive c- 
cunt in capitals Oof. in some things. In some things you said this week, which was below the belt. But after watching the Burgess boys last night, my apologies. They make you look like an angel. Hash the cunt brothers. What was I saying last week that was so below the belt? I have to wonder. The the differs you know you know com- comparative to you know any other week. I don't know. I I think that about you every week. Don't get me wrong. But I thought it was a pretty standard performance last week, to be honest. I didn't really single anything out, I don't think. No, I, I, I don't think you're any more cuntish than you yeah. are any other week. Chris Crow, why has it taken the Warriors two weeks to realise they have a pack with enough size to take on the Avengers? Just play it simple, <laughs> there'll be a match for most sides. I'm from England, but I think I prefer the Sim Brothers now over the Burgess. I can't wait till they all meet. Who do you think made the bigger impact, Morley or Burgess? Oof. He's got, he's, he's, got, he's got hash tigers in incline, hash Offia rounds Eddinghausen. You had me, you had my attention right up until you said you were from England, but I'm going to humour you anyway. Um, if I had to pick who's had the most impact out of Adrian Morley and um, anyone named Burgess, I'd have to say Gareth Ellis. Yeah, that's, that's no. I, I think Morley, clearly. I think... If you stripped away, it's, and it's, I mean, it's hard you, to do. If you're going between Morley and anyone named Burgess, and you I have think, to say Morley. And, it's, and I think that with the Burgess, it's really hard to think back to Adrian Morley's time because he wasn't this guy that was Channel 9 everything on the footy show every week and fucking, you know, Rabs Warren, you know, well, yeah, playing for the Rabbits with fucking Ray Warren essentially living up your asshole, using you as a Warren. <laughs> um, so... Anyway. Morley just went about his business fucking coat-hangering people. Sure, but <laughs> Gareth Gareth Ellis had, you know, he's by far the, the best Englishman ever to play in the NRL. Couldn't cut it in the NRL, went back to ESL, and apparently from all reports, he can't cut it over there either. It's what I'm hearing, essentially. Ian Saguna back again, and he sent this one to us privately, so it's a discussion point for the show. Hey, fellas, I've been reading in articles today that the future for New South Wales Origin could lie in the hands of the Tigers' dynamite spine of Tedesco, Brooks, and Farrah to lead us to Origin glory once again. So I have put this question to Glenn. It's for you. If those three players were picked this year, and also not to forget Woods, Galloway, and Siren in years to come... Would you change sides and support the New South Wales Origin Tigers or stick to your winning culture by betraying your state once again and support, in capitals, that fucking cheating Queensland scum? It's very aggressive. He likes the caps. He goes the, he goes the caps for emphasis. I mean, it makes it easy for me to read and you know, I, know, I know when to, you know, to slam you or something. Yeah. You can just imagine mashing the keyboard with his fucking pudgy digits. Um, this guy's a Tigers fan, just, just before you go too crazy. No, nah, good, nah, good luck to the man. I love him. I love him like a brother, except when he fucking hammers me like that. Um, look, I'd, I support Queensland. That's the reason when I actually learnt the whole thing about State of Origin, because I was so young when I started supporting it, and then someone actually pointed out, hey, dickhead, you're from New South Wales, you should probably support them. I never changed, and Queensland lost plenty. Plenty. Yeah. I never fucking changed, did I? Well, you know, you say, I've only known you for like five years. How the fuck am I supposed to know what happened before then? Gosh, you're It's a all cock. speculation. You are a fucking cocky. I mean, all I can do is base everything on the evidence to hand, and the evidence is that you're from New South Wales, you go for Queensland, kind of puts every every decision you're ever making, you know, every, you know... Every Anything st- that comes out of my mouth. It's, it's, it's suspect. It's, yeah, exactly, exactly. I just don't know what to believe anymore. I should have you fucking hooked up to a, a polygraph the entire time we do this show, is just so like I know what's happening. Polynesian graph? I'll take one of them every week. <laughs> yeah, polygraph, I'll hook it up to your mouth and just jam it down your throat. <laughs> 
and the other electro got to jam it up your ass. To answer your rather aggressively asked question, no, I will not be changing back. No, regardless of how many Tigers play for New South Wales. Is there a tipping point? What if it was ten? No, like it was practically Tigers team. If it was the whole Tigers team, I, I still wouldn't. Wow. Change. Wow. That's that's that's, that's a I shit. get to support them every week. That's a shit fan. Look, club can... before state, whatever. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, club before state. Exactly. Oh, I want to see them do well. But right. I'm not going to be out there cheering them on to beat Queensland. Right, and, so, and, then he, and then he finished up his question by saying, as for me, would it take Hiku, Hika, Hika Hiku playing for New South Wales to support them? No, it wouldn't, because I support New South Wales anyway. So, <laughs> and if, you, if you're saying, you know, would, uh, you know, if Hiku somehow played for Queensland, would I support Queensland? Of course not. Because my, my history, my background is not to change. I will not change. And like can't you know, change. and there was, change. Can't, can't change. And you know, there was there's been manly guys through the year, like you know, um, Matt Ballon, Danny Moore, and fucking Matt Ballon, and Fatty Vaughton, and uh, Martin Bella. I mean, you know, there's been guys before that have played. You know, Dale Shearer. You know, that have played for the Queensland. Do you know? I had a bit of a thought the other day about this whole. Um, it's funny that you should, should mention Marty Bella um, about the whole brain damage thing from forwards. Yeah, Marty Bella got knocked out a fuckload of times too, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. He did. My fucker was an optometrist, also, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Very intelligent man. Yeah. Let's find out what he's doing. How's he going? Is there you he, go. Put is, the word is, out. Anyone is he know still an optometrist? Is Can he fucking see straight these days? Is he just walking around cross-eyed? Who knows? What's his cognitive skills like? I mean, maybe, you know, maybe if you see Marty Bell on the street, maybe see if you can, you know, pull out an app on your phone or something, so you know, just give him a quick, you know, brain test. <laughs> give him a game of fucking song pop or something, or give him a game of Candy Crush, see how long it takes him to figure it out. Give us a report back and let us know how he's gone. See, Chief got knocked out a fucking bit as well. And, um, yeah. of course, like Mark Carroll, David Gillespie, they all were, were knocked out like routinely, but they had a lot of fucking, a lot of head rattling contact in their careers. I mean, it's the way just, they played. I just find it interesting that, you know, Mario Fenix going to be the guy that people are saying, well, look, this guy's brain damaged. But look, everyone knows it has been established by science. This is not me saying it, it's science. Science has proven to us that fucking Steeden is the worst thing to hit you in the head. Just look at Mick Crocker. got fucking knocked spark out by a fucking ball in the head. <laughs> and so Mario Fennick, you know, they don't call him Falcon for nothing. So those balls, I mean, that's like getting hit in the head with hand grenades. No wonder he's the most brain damaged out of all of them, to be honest. I mean, that's, there's no mystery to that at all. That's just science. <laughs> and Mick Crocker's probably going to be like Stephen Hawking. You know, Jesus. <laughs> oh, no, Stephen Hawking's brilliant. Mick Crocker. Yeah, okay. Whatever. Membership. Thank you very much to everyone who jumped on uh, with the first ever membership that we've been offering for the show. Um, you know, we put that deadline in place and um, people, uh, you know, they, there was a rush on at the end uh, to get them in there and through Monday as well, which I kind of let slide. They're still coming in as well, even post cutoff, which is fine. We're going to have extra sizes. I mean, we're going to have extra sizes of everything for, for the latecomers, but the majority of the extras will have to be in the range in which the majority of our waters came in just, you know, to, I guess, you know, just to keep it, you know, sort of comparable and so at this stage it's looking like they're going to be in the m to xl range mostly um so if you need if you need something else you know you need to get in touch with me uh, straight away because it's still not too late to like finesse little things like the you know like the the breakdown of the size and stuff like that so so there's still time because these things what happens is uh the order's in and then it goes into queue basically so they've got you know they can they can do like x amount of shirts a day and they've got x amount of you know in the in the queue ahead of us like you know jobs ahead of us and stuff so you know there's a little there, there's time where i can probably make late changes to the quantities and the way that the breakdown is but uh you need to be quick um we get some questions on sizing now and then 
and the sizing for these shirts will be a fairly standard like we found with the Tigers in the climb one they were like an ISC kind of sizing which kind of runs the, the bigger they get they kind of run you know run smallish I found this with um you know uh, with manly jerseys and things like that as well since uh, ISC took over um it's just the way they are, unfortunately. But um, so what for these ones? We've basically developed a, a new sizing sort of scheme that works, you know, based on the average of a lot of shirts that I have and things like that, and sort of made it custom. So they'll all run, if anything, they'll run the same or slightly bigger, you know, like a centimeter or two on the total width. I'm talking, um, just to just to cover it off. So um, go to if you want to see the sizing chart for your respective size, go to respect the shooter. Dot co click on the sizing page because that's the site that I've started up just uh, like I started up probably a month month or two ago just haven't really launched it yet but just sort of getting it rolling up there and putting some shirts out there through the year and uh, basically just put up designs get a pre-order going if people want the shirt they buy it if not it dies whatever um, and the one there's one that's, uh, that we sort of started with and it's closest to launching at this stage and which is the LOL at South shirt uh, East fans love it and um, <laughs> and they and honestly, like uh, probably ninety eight percent of the purchases have been from uh, Roosters fans because there's obviously that big hatred there between them and South. So if you're interested in getting one of those, get on respecttheshooter.co, and you'll see it on the. It's like the front page is the first one that comes up, the first shirt that comes up. Get on there if you want it because I think they only need. I think there's only like you know sort of fourteen pre-orders or something left to get it going. So not very many at all. So get on there and uh, yeah, but get on the sizing page because that sizing schema is what we'll be using for our shirts going forward and uh, yeah, good size. News. Okay, first story this week and uh if you were Ben Iken, you would say it was a it was a feel good story or a heartwarming story or you know whatever that Gronk likes to say, but um, for human fucking beings, it's a it's a terrible 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 story. Um, Alex McKinnon suffered a devastating spinal injury uh, in during Monday night football. Uh, he was stretched off Amy Park uh, during the game, of course, obviously between his nights and the Melbourne Storm. Um, got speared in a three man tackle and uh, not cool a dislocation of the c4 and c5 vertebrae and they had to stabilize his neck which means they had to move, remove a disc and uh and an anterior fusion so i guess that's a, a fusion on the outside mm. so not cool not cool and i mean at this stage he uh he has a i don't think he's got well, they don't really know, I guess, what the damage to his actual spinal cord at the moment is. Um, I, from what they're saying, I don't think there's going to be like long-lasting, like you know, like paraplegia well, or quadriplegia well, or anything like that. They're saying it's going to be a two-year recovery. Yeah, yeah. like if ever, I mean, two-year recovery, maybe to walk around just, and live a life. You know, it, I tell you, with a young bloke who's playing footy, mm-hmm. you know, and admittedly, it's not the NRL, and and I remind myself of that, but. Fuck! It just—it's a stark reminder of what a what a fucking intense and potentially dangerous sport we love. And mm-hmm. this poor kid, you know, like I just—I get that there was some lifting in the tackle, and 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 that should be banned and should be stamped out of the game. And I've got a a bit of a theory that they're going to make an example of of the young kid from Melbourne. I, I think he's. 
there was obviously no malice or intent, but the fact is that the idea to get him... But the, the, intent, the intent, well, there definitely the, the, was intent the to lift him. to get him to, to the ground and get him on his back and all the rest of it. And I, I don't don't dispute that whatsoever, but... Well, when you're lifting, the intent's probably to stop, like, you know, leg drive and, you know, to actually stop your progress dead because you can't drive your legs anymore. But imagine how that kid would be feeling. Oh, like shit. And... And, and you know, I, know I, I have to say rightfully so, too, because, I mean, you know, intent aside... You know, the results aren't good. No. And it, just to be a part of it, regardless. And of I believe how the Proctor, the, the Bromwich brothers were the other two involved, yeah. weren't they? Um, you know, it's it's just, it's a fucking tackle that's gone horribly wrong. Um, and yes, there should be, you know, if there's lifting, the lifting should be stamped out. And, um, you know, but the future and, and the, the well-being of, of the player is is paramount and I think that's what everyone should be focusing on rather than um, the vitriol that's been spouted at Melbourne in general. Um, I think it's probably feeding some agendas along oh, the way. But oh, probably. There's, there's but Melbourne, probably... Melbourne do... I mean, but let's, say, let's face it, Melbourne have got a history of pushing things to the, to the limit of the law and over to gain a competitive advantage during a match sure. situation and they would have been and coached to lift times like this you see it spill over yep. um, you know it's hard to argue when they are winning games and, and well, Jordan McLean is a young player and he and I guarantee that he wasn't doing anything outside of you know what he'd been coached to do sure. it's not like he went rogue or anything like that I mean they, he, they would train train the rules play the rules and they, and they would train to get the guy off the ground but not pass a horizontal in tackle, and the thing that the thing that really shits me about these so situations so hard to control. Like once you do yeah, get that leg lifted, yeah, you can't control. You can't control what the player does to avoid his leg getting lifted. Like yeah. he's he's trying to fight and scratch and scrape to get his advantage in the tackle as well. Every tackle is mm-hmm. is its own little intense battle within a battle. You know, yeah, and you're making and, it a lottery. And not only that, you're the guy that lifts, and he's the guy that's all gonna you know it's all gonna come down hard on. But he's the guy lifting, but you can't control these other two, the um, the Bromwiches. If they drive in a certain way, he's the one that gets pinged because he's the one that lifted in the first place. But the way they drive is critical into how that fucking tackle finishes up. Sure. And in this case, it was very critical because they just drove him straight down when his head was sort of crooked, you know, also, like tucked in. Also, unfortunately, I think he, he felt like he was going to be speared... And, and was going to land on the point of his head, so tried to protect himself by tucking his head, but it didn't go quite as far over as what yeah. he had anticipated. Yeah. And I think that's made it... Not saying, you know, that that should <clears throat> um, mean any leniency from the judiciary, that it's the way it ended up. But it should be none at all, because even if his head was straight, he was still, still going to get speared. I mean, they, they, they still finished by spearing him straight into the ground. Mm-hmm. I mean, it obviously turned out worse for him injury-wise because his head was, you know, yeah. his chin was tucked that, in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's the point but, I'm trying to yeah, make. Yeah, yeah, but... Um, but you know he's he's you know he's fucking he's past the horizontal in a dangerous position and he's trying to you know prevent getting injured because he's in a position where he's completely helpful, helpless to control anything because he's got to have the ball tucked up on his, in his arms so he doesn't have his arms and yeah, his legs I, are off the ground. Look at the end of the day, I, I just I can't really be. I guess if if it was someone in my family, I, I would put, probably be angry at the perpetrators, but I just feel terrible. Um, you know, and I, I can't shake the footage um, of him on the ground panicking. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's really fucking hard to watch. And uh, I just hope that, you know, footy aside, I hope that he, he makes a full recovery um, yep. and is able to to go about his days and um, and function as a as a you know as if he'd never had that injury. Mm-hmm. Um, whether he plays footy again or or not is 
is going to be tough to say. Um, age is on his side, but fuck, after that, how do you get over it mentally? Do the doctors yeah. give you a clearance? Does the club... Who knows? Can you play a um, contact sport with that kind of, you know, with the fusions and things like that? I'd be fucked in, if in, I would. I, there's yeah. no way I would. Because the be, doctor said you're all right, sweet. The doctor no be telling you, you, know, you take before. a bad, yeah, you, know, you, you take you take a bad enough hit, you know, from behind, you know, and then it could be, you know, quadriplegic next time. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I hope that in light of this, you know, the club or the NRL or someone um, has his welfare. You know, if this is the end of his footy career, I hope that someone has his welfare um, at heart, and and that includes not only his health but also his well-being and and financial security. I hope that you know, there is a position found somewhere within the NRL or is it, you know, development officer or who who the fuck knows. And we're getting ahead of ourselves. We don't even know if the kid's going to fucking walk again, let alone, um, you know, I just I just hope that we don't find out in, in five years' time or, or whatever that Alex McKinnon, yeah, yeah, we got over his neck injury, but, you know, now he's fucking flipping burgers for a living because footy left him behind. So. Yeah, well, you know, he flipping burgers is, you know, I guess is a living of sorts. I mean, you know, when he, you know, he's living under a fucking bridge, True. sleeping under a fucking cardboard box. That's, that would be that would be far yeah, worse. Sure. Um, so Jordan McLean's been stood down uh, from this week's match, and until the matter's heard, uh, it's one of those ones where it's uh, you know referred straight to the judiciary, but they're not doing it straight away, obviously uh, out of respect for you know the family and everything for uh, McKinnon. Um, Wayne Bennett said that he's receiving the best possible care. Uh, unfortunately, these things happen, but not too often, thank Christ. We won't know for a number of days, maybe weeks. He's in the right place, and we've done all we can for him. Bennett then went on to describe McKinnon as an un- outstanding young man and future Knights captain. If you ask me if he was one of my favourites, I'd probably say he was. He's an outstanding young man. I'd imagine he captained the club one day, I'd hope. Uh, it's sad, and we're extremely disappointed for him. We just hope for the best for him. And, uh, yeah, not a good situation. That's oh, terrible. And he's in an induced coma at the moment, basically to recover from the surgery to to his uh, to his neck and his spine, and to you know ensure that he's you know he, he doesn't move. You know, there's no movement or anything like that. So until you know things stabilise a bit, even Adeline, that would be fucking scary. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, for the family, I mean, like you know, induced coma, fuck that. So yeah, just wish him the best, and um, we'll deal with the other side of it when it happens, I guess. Now, we're true. Yeah, you know, we're we're electing not to fucking gronk this story up. However, someone oh, else I didn't have the same respect. Respectfully, yeah, I, I agree, yeah. and I agree. I agree, hundred percent. And you know, we are about taking the piss. Oh, you know, it's absolutely, what absolutely. What we've built our our name and our legacy on so far, but there's certain things that I just I fucking can't go there. Exactly. But someone who does go there and made an absolute gronk of themselves, Steve Mortimer. Now, let's face it, we know he's a gronk. I mean, you know, you can't play the Bulldogs, you know, and become such a, you know, part of the fabric of the Bulldogs without having, you know, it in your game. Um, he, th- he thinks, it is his opinion, that uh, injuries like this could happen again in future if defenders continue to use techniques to try and slow down to play the ball. And his solution to this dilemma is to get rid of the 10-metre rule and bring the defensive line closer to the ruck. The players are trying to buy time to get back 10 metres, uh, he told Fox Sports News. Players are buying time by going over the top and then someone comes to get the legs. That's what's happened there. Alex McKinnon's ducked his head and flipped over. There's no intention there, but it just happened that way. The administrators of the game have got to think, is 10 metres too far? I don't really No, I don't think that. so. I don't think that that's contributed to the... And, you I know, get where he's coming from. He's re- entitled to his opinion, but... 
Fuck, it wouldn't matter if they were going two metres. That tackle could still happen. At so. the end of the day, the tackle didn't happen because of the you know the metres. Teams in you know eight games around times you know twenty six weeks of the year or whatever. Over how many years it's been ten metres, and over how many years they've had you know no lifting past the horizontal is one of the rules. This doesn't happen very often at all. In fact, it's such a a, a minor. Not a minor injury, but it's such a such a, a, a low incidence of these things happening. That, yeah, let's go and just fucking change the rules of rugby league. Idiot. Yeah. Speaking of idiots, Todd Greenberg was forced to personally appease Sea Eagles coaching staff last October after the club demanded to please explain over several controversial calls in a decider. First question I have about this whole thing: Why is it only just coming out now? Is it only because it happens to be playing like it's a it's a manly East game this weekend? It seems really weird that like you know we're almost six months down down the road. It's just like when you know the whole story about Barber and his missus came out after Barber well, after signed the fact. with them. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so apparently the Seagulls officials made a written request for referees to justify a number of contentious contentious decisions. Um, Tuvi was basically waiting for the NRL's regular referee support to, to report to arrive the week after. Apparently they arrived, you know, like on the Wednesday or whatever after after a match. Um, at the same time, that Manly HQ was flooded with calls from members and sponsors asking for a response from the NRL, and. Um, and uh, so David Perry, there was a delay. He emailed the NRL and requested the report. He was told that the referee's boss, Daniel Anderson, was on holidays and would provide a response upon his return to work. And that just infuriated things more. <laughs> because remember, this came not long after Tuvi got the $10,000 fine as well. And um, so eventually it escalated. Greenberg uh, made a trip over to, to Manly to meet with Tuvi and dissect the officiating and uh, confirm, you know, some incorrect calls and things like that. He didn't, he didn't want to wade into the the forward pass stuff though and because obviously you know they go oh the video referee's got no power of forward pass and they're like oh you know we'll just leave that with the on-field referees you know and then sort of you know dodge that one a little bit but um there you go, said Manly wanted some closure around some decisions in the grand final so I decided to go up there and meet Jeff Tuvey we had a good discussion to be honest it was very constructive um we decided the referees were best place to judge the pass, so that Jennings' call was wrong, and pretty much why we've given video referees the power to review those decisions on the run this year so uh yeah, and I mean, as, as far as uh, the Manly guys are concerned, who they mentioned here, Tuvi and uh, David Perry, they're not really interested in going back over it now. They're like, you know, Tuvi's quote was one of the classic cliches. It's fish and chip wrappers now. So it's yesterday's That's right. news. That's right. Who fucking cares? I didn't care when it happened, and I still don't care now. <laughs> Tinkler. Nathan Tinkler's reputation for brinkmanship faces its ultimate test after the Newcastle Knights owner failed to meet a deadline on Tuesday to secure a multi-million dollar bank guarantee. After Tinkler's Hunter Sports Group was unable to produce a new bank guarantee by 5pm, Knights members club chairman Nick Dam will today visit Westpac Bank to access the $10.3 million surety already in place, which expires on March 31. That will leave Tinkler with five days until close of business on Monday to prevent the members club directors from launching the process that will enable them to oust the struggling tycoon and buy the Knights back for $1. After liaising with his four fellow directors, Trevor Crowe, Steve Doran, Alan McEwen and Peter Corcoran, Dan told the Newcastle Herald, once 5 o'clock came, we contacted the bank and they told us what they want. We'll hear to that tomorrow. That's all I can really say. So, they're going to tell Westpac to place the $10.3 million into a joint signatory account and um, for safekeeping. And then if Tinkler defaults, the members will lay claim to the cash and approach Tinkler to relinquish control of the club. And uh, Tinkler, as he usually does, and this is funny, I mean, I know this personally, when I uh, 
the last place I worked before I started my own business. I mean, we did work for Tinkler, um, for like his Patnak Farm uh, horse racing empire. Mm-hmm. And they had so much fucking trouble getting those bills paid. He was just notorious, like last minute, like you had to pr- you had to take it up to the verge of legal action. Well, actually, past that, you had to take it up to legal action, and then the point where you'd actually pull the trigger on it, and then you'd get paid. That's what he's like. And um, and obviously the knights have you know they've fallen into this problem as well. So I hope he does default on it. And I hope they fucking get the club back. To be honest, I don't see an issue with the members and fans getting control of the club I am heavily involved in the earth moving mining industry as some people may be aware and sad to say there's some really fucking huge successful companies out there that operate just like that Mm -hmm. Um, my previous employer some of their biggest customers um, if you're prepared to carry their debt for 120 days you'll get money every 30 days yeah but it'll be the 150, 120 day amount. Yeah. But you, you'll get regular money every 30 days. Yeah. But you've got to carry that debt. Yeah. And that's that's the payoff. And at the end of the day. And that's if hard. You've you got to be certain business of certain size and, and cash right. flow to be able but to But you're talking, do that, yeah. you know, 150, 200 grand a month yeah. over three, four months. Mm-hmm. That's a fucking lot of debt to carry. Yeah. Um, And unfortunately, there's a lot of companies that operate like that. Mm-hmm. And they feel that that is their right and that's how they you know, control their own cash flow at their end and certainly get the numerous fucking interest benefits and all the rest of it as exactly, of yeah. having that sort of cash in the bank because if they didn't have it, you wouldn't get your money every 30 days. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's fairly shrewd. I'd, you know, a lot of people are saying that he's going to be broke. I'd, I don't, I don't buy that at all. I think he has enough. He could fire sale enough stuff. I think to to not be broke, broke. Mm. But obviously, he's had to pretty much divest his complete horse racing side of it. And, you, know. and you need to understand too. Like he was a guy. He's not a Gina Reinhardt. He was an electrician. He's a guy that came that put his balls on the line and had the right people around him. As heard far about an opportunity. Heard yeah. about an opportunity uh, when he was at a pub. Yeah. Needed twelve million dollars to to act on it. Scrounged up everything he had, plus you know, got help from other people, got a loan, and managed to scrounge it together, and turned that very quickly into you know hundreds of million. He's falling down. Is he's just a cashed up bogan? and there was too much into the horses mm. and too much in other shit, and so he just spent so much money on shit, like loss making enterprises, like the horse racing stuff, because it was a hobby and his interest. And then the mining boom, then you know, then the actual coal up there and started to fucking slow down. And that's the thing: there, there was, there is still money to be made, but it's mm. not the money that people were making a few years ago mm. or several years ago. Um, and when you talk of the volume that those guys have become accustomed to, money flowing in the door, if you yeah. cut that by a third, it's painful. It has a fucking serious impact on yeah. on their way of life and and how they operate, and and they certainly. Um, operate in a way that their their lifestyle and the the acquisition of assets is reflective of the of the money coming in the door. So mm-hmm. when the money coming in the door doesn't uh is isn't quite what it used to be, then, you know, there's serious issues there. So um as far as a football perspective goes, I, I hope the the Knights members do take control of it. And if it's mm-hmm. one club that would benefit from that community based um ownership I think the Knights would probably be a, a very good case for it. Yeah, the problem with them is they've got this, uh, they've got the surety uh, pretty much in place for like the next year. 
But uh, well, what the way it works is um, the the privatisation deal, which saw Tinkle take control, was uh, a bank guarantee safety net initially valued at twenty million dollars for two years, then ten million dollars plus CPI inflation for the next eight years. So that uh, ten point three million expired on January thirty one. That's going to be replaced. Was supposed to be replaced by a ten point five two million one, which is basically the ten million plus um, CPI uh, additional money. But apparently, Hunter Sports Group say that. Uh, the bank guarantee will be sorted this week, not a problem. And I emailed the members club last week to say he anticipated the new guarantee would be secured by this Friday. And so if that happens, then Tinkle's ownership will continue. And then I guess it'll be, you know, next year it'll all flare up again. Um, and I was saying that, uh, that last week there were reports that Knights players received their monthly wages four days late. And uh, Westpac Bank had, had appointed receivers to sell two of his properties in Newcastle and Brisbane as well. So... Must some be hurting some pretty bit, hey? worrying signs there. Yeah, definitely. This uh, is another story. It's not not news story so much, but it's a story that uh, that I saw. Uh, you know, a human interest story. Let's call it. I saw on the news sites. Uh, Willie Tonga, <laughs> Silk mate. He's lost Test matches and even Origin games. But Parramatta centre Willie Tonga insists last Sunday's loss to Manly was the most gut wrenching of his career. As captain Jared Hayne was unleashing on the match officials. A heartbroken Tonga sat in the dilapidated sheds of Brookvale Oval, trying to hold back tears. And there's uh, the fairy cobra chiming in as well, calling Willie Tonga a cat. Well, as only a cat can. Um, How coincidental! What timing? Fuck, that's a noisy cat. Yeah, you, this is yeah. This and what, so is fi- yours. Fifth year. Yeah, we did Willie Tonga. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and this is what he said. I've honestly never felt like that after loss in my life. I'll be a man about it. I was tearing up in the sheds. To be so close and to put in so much effort to get that result was heartbreaking. <laughs> it gets tough. People out there don't really who don't that don't really go through this wouldn't realise. We're out there busting ourselves, trying to do our best every week. It just wasn't meant to be. A lot of heads were down, but Coach Brad Arthur has been so positive, saying, "Look, it's a positive step ahead from where we were last week." Really? It's just forty, mate. <laughs> I mean, I, I actually, like, until that, I, was, I forgot that Willie Tonga still played. <laughs> what about the bloke works fucking 65 hours a week and, and struggles to put food on the table for his family? Like, footy player on fucking several hundred thousand a year loses a game, he's tearing up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm with you. I'm with you all the way. Uh, look, let's keep a grip on reality. I, I like his passion. I like the fact that he's cut up after a loss, and that's how you want your players. But as a fan, that's what I like to hear. That's what I like to Don't say, oh, people, you know, people that don't go through this wouldn't understand. Well, you're probably right because people have got real fucking problems. Exactly. <laughs> that they deal with and they manage not to tear up over. Exactly. Exactly. Fuck, they're so insular. Some of these blokes, like, God help them if they have a real fucking problem. <laughs> Recaps, and the first game I've got here on the list is a game that's going to be near and dear to your heart. The West Tigers, 25, defeated South Sydney Rabbitohs, 16, and I can safely go, but that Rabbitohs thing became almost a bit of an anti-joke over the last season or two. Sure. But I'm happy to say you can come back. I'm bringing it back. The Rabbitohs are back. Back with a fucking vengeance. Tries to Bodine Thompson, Pat Richards, Simona got a double, and uh, Hot Sauce with a try, and Asta got a field goal. Brayton Asta got himself on the board, can you believe that shit? What a great and uh, Pat Richards, two from four conversions. The Rabbitohs, 16, came for tries to Ben Lowe, and this is an, a damning a damning statistic for the West Tigers. A double to Joel Reddy. <laughs> Adam Reynolds, two from three conversions. <laughs> Look, um, Joel Reddy scored a double in the game, didn't matter anymore. 
when the game did matter, I think the West Tigers... Um, I've, well, really, you'd have to say... Yeah. Since 2005, mm-hmm. they were much maligned for having a small pack. Yeah. Every, every year. Yep. Their yep. pack was too small. Um, their pack was getting dominated. It was, uh, you know, they were getting out-muscled. Um, they've never had the respect... You know the packs never had the even when they won the comp, it was it was Benji and Princey and 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 the backs were just fucking overwhelming. They just did it on the scoreboard. The pack never really got any real credit. And you look at our pack this season. Um, those boys coming off the bench, like Woodsy and and Keefe, um, led the way. And I think Woodsy had his best game of the season so far, and certainly stood up to the Burgess boys. And some of his comments in the paper afterwards. Yep. Um, in the com- in the days afterwards, fucking that that's a guy that you know, that's a guy you want in your forward pack. That's a guy you want as a prop. Standing up and coming out and saying, "Well, you know, I'm not so worried about Sam." Everyone makes a lot of a big deal about four Burgess brothers, but we've got yeah. 17 brothers here at the Tigers. Like, I like it. <laughs> I like it. Um, and then you look at Tapao and Gavit and Gavay, Jimmy Gavay, um, coming off the bench. Gavit. Um, Gavit? Gav- oh, I, I just want to say Gavit. He doesn't strike me as a Gavet. 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 I'm just making. I'm just. I, I, we're going to get a situation here where we're going to we're going to say it one way, and, and, and the way we say it is going to be exactly the same as the commentators and Channel Nine and stuff. And then two years down the track, he goes, "Oh no, it's pronounced fucking you know, Johnson." Gaved. Gillet. 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 Johnson. <laughs> fucking. Um, so I was actually pretty proud. Um, that they earn a little bit of respect and, and they've got a ways to go um, we're only three games into the season but um, certainly the way, the way they bashed the Bunnies pack went a long way to, to getting that uh, respect that they've they've never really had so um, fuck this yeah, gecko on the outside of the window it scared the piss out of me you got scared of a gecko on the outside of the window well I saw something like white flesh moving outside and I thought it was a walker <laughs> um, as far as the Bunnies went They've obviously, um, in the Burgess era, um, and, you know, with other guys in the club like Asatasi and people like that over the years, um, they've obviously gotten used to being the bully. Yeah. And being, the, you know, the, the overwhelming um, size advantage of their pack over many teams over the years um, obviously has sat well with them, but they didn't cope well when the aggression was turned around and it was coming no. at them and they had to take it. Um, no, those the and, Burgess and the Burgess brothers. up, and they fuck. They carried on like cats. The Burgess brothers are fucking known for. It. There was a game last year as well against Manly where you know Matai came in and smacked one of them, and uh, you know, and then this and, and last week Jason King took on single handedly. This week it was Woods mostly, and like when they get it back, then they then they resort to grub shit, mm. and like you know high shots on Tedesco and stuff like that. You know, trying to you know turn it back their way. But, you know, we were there was no, and that tackle that Woods did where, where George was bent over and it was an ugly looking tackle but it wasn't illegal but what happened with Gavitt I mean he didn't even get charged I mean he like he pretty much needed to do in the head didn't he I thought that well, was pretty bad him. I mean he, it was he was doing some aerobics yeah that's pretty ordinary he probably should have got he probably should have at least it got called before it. Yeah. it looked really bad yeah. if he had it connected he would have got about yeah. 38 weeks <laughs> um, but I think he you know they just had hold of him and he was trying to you know yeah. get their arm away and obviously the coach is coaching not to let go in the tackle. Yeah. He had to use something. Was he going to use his head? <laughs> um, but 
it, it was funny that Woodsy was, you know, an aggressor. Keithy was an aggressor. Um, and then, you know, the other boys that come off the bench were all the aggressors, yet James Tedesco, probably one of the smallest players on the field, was the guy copping the head at highs. Yeah, that's cat. That's the that's the grub. That's the way the Burgesses yeah, operate, man. I just they're fucking cats, I reckon. I, I was very surprised to see the way they reacted, and you know, and we spoke about it before we hit record that, you know, there may be a little bit of desperation creeping into see us. You yep. know, after last season where you know it was all the planets were aligning and it was going to be South year as we've heard year after year, but certainly the side they've put been able to put on the park the last few seasons, they've had a side that should be able to get it done. Um, and they haven't, and maybe their window is shutting, and maybe they know it. Yeah, they maybe they feel it, you know, like you know, maybe they feel well, fuck. Because they know on the birds, they know Sam's not there at the end of the year. Hang on a second, you know, maybe in years gone by, we, we, you know, the Tigers might have been able to run us ragged, but they've never bashed us. Mm. Never bashed us. Fuck, we don't like this at all. Um, but they, I, I was very surprised with how they reacted, and it's certainly not the reaction of a championship caliber side. As far yeah. as I'm concerned, um, I think for the Tigers, Brooks and Teddy, um, showing that they're not going to be pushed around either was probably a, a, one of the most pleasing sides outside of the way the forwards stood up. Um, you know, Brooks is going to cop that treatment all season, mm-hmm. and and certainly for the first few seasons of his career, um, he, gonna, he's been hyped up in the papers. Everyone's talking about him. He's the next this. He's the next that. He's going to play Origin, which is you know, a lot of pressure to put on an 18-year-old kid's shoulder, 19-year-old kid's shoulders. Um, and other players read that. I remember th- that fucking long-haired kid that played for North Queensland, Jason Martin, played yeah. for Newcastle. Um, I remember when players, that they did a story about him playing the guitar and singing, Yeah. you know, how he liked to do that in his spare time. He got bashed for fucking three months. Yeah. And everyone, he's like, oh, everyone's hitting me and it's like, bash the rock star. And what? That's what players do. They want to yep. test these guys out. They get a bit of press and they'll fucking put it on them. Yep. Um, so I was proud of the way that, that Brooks in particular, but also Tedesco, um, he kept coming. He didn't take a backward step all night. So uh, good signs for the Tigers. Ways to go for them and still a young side, but um, it was it was a pretty satisfying win. Yeah, it was a good win. At the end of the day, it wasn't a very, it wasn't a very big win. I mean, you take the fact that Inglis was knocked out of the game about you know five minutes in. I think that was the, almost the biggest factor. That I think that actually might have shell-shocked the Rabbits a little bit. And it really highlighted that without Inglis, they've got fucking nothing. Fuck it exposed Reynolds and Sutton, as and far in, as I'm concerned. And, you know, when it comes to Origin, even if the Rabbitohs do turn it around and become a powerhouse team again leading up to Origin, I really struggle to see how they'll make an impact on anybody without Inglis mm. during that period. Because they're going to be without him for, you know, for the Origin period. So Look, it... It's still early days, as I said. It's it's very early in the season, and um and they are very well coached. But it, it was a fucking telling sign that game. Oh, crazy! And maybe it was just a shell shock that they lost him during that game. You know, for the whole game and and that kind of thing. You know, it wasn't like you know they went into a game knowing that they didn't. You know, they weren't going to have him. You know, that sort of thing. But uh, in any case, um, the signs looking good for when I said that the window is shut for the Rabbitohs. At this stage, it's looking to be pretty good. I'm prepared to, I'm prepared to put a ding on that one at the end of the, the <laughs> episode at the end of the year. Uh, tweets. NS Bear China. You get off a flight from Chongqing after a cunt of a week to see the bunnies get flogged. Celebratory peaking duck time. Uh, you fucking aristocrat. <laughs> <laughs> Guai Lo. 
uh, at Shane Aaron Elvis. Refereeing was very poor. They offered no player safety at all. Both teams could have had sin bins or send offs earlier. Sure. And I agree. Yeah, on both sides. That, that, Absolutely. And that game got way out of fucking hand. Like you know, with the shots and the, the cheap shit and the grubbery. Well, fucking Gavin could have got ten minutes. Yeah. Connected, connected or not. Yeah. He should have got ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can't run around fucking lashing at no. these. <laughs> no. Tiger King underscore King Benji. <laughs> Inglis goes off after one high shot. Tedesco cops four from various Bergeye, but stays on and gets man of the match. Ash Warrior. Uh, gotta love Keefe. I had a bit to say about Ben Early, but that's possibly the smartest thing he's ever said. <laughs> gotta love Keefe. How fucking good was that? The whole team put in, even an Aster. <laughs> Pay Brooks and Tedesco whatever they want. They are the future. Then he's gone hash WT till I die. Yes, sir. So, yeah, you're only WT till you die until you, when they, they get a win. Then all there, then Fuck you disappear. Fuck off. Uh... It feels Are you saying like, me? Or? No, 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 not you. I'm talking about they've got to love Keefe. Some of these guys on Twitter is like, they're, they're actually acting like South do after round one. It's a bit worrying. Yeah. <laughs> Unky D. Have I been transported to an alternate space-time continuum in which the Tigers are a first-grade team? Hmm. <laughs> Shocked. Uh, former underscore legend. We lost Reddy and gained Richards in the off-season. It's like dumping Magda Zubanski and landing Jennifer Hawkins. <laughs> uh, Stuart, at Stuart Marler. Healthy game, this. Low GI. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's appalling. One of the best tweets ever. Ben Dunn, 43. Refs barely make decisions these days. Wait to see what happens, then let the video ref make a decision. Gutless. And I would agree on that too. Aussie, 11198. Joel Reddy's role in the team should be relegated to holding George Burgess's cock while he pisses. Then he's gone hash. He'd probably knock it on. <laughs> well, he did get two tries though <laughs> yeah. uh, Devon Head Adam Blair just did something next they'll be telling me they found missing planes <laughs> hash lol at south hash tigers in decline oh trotters you're so funny Ben Dunn 43 I've seen statues with better leg speed than John Sutton <laughs> Brisbane Broncos well Sydney Roosters 30 defeated the Brisbane Broncos 26 at Suncorp Broncos, 26 points, came from a double to Ben Hunt. Sam Thide, Lachlan Miranda got tries and Jack Reed. Corey Parker, two from five conversions and a penalty goal. The Roosters, 30. Tries, two. Michael Jennings, Sam Moa, two dads, Sean Kenny Dow. And we've got two of us, a check. What do we call, what do we call him? Another hyphen. Uh, Boyd Cordner and uh, Maloney, five from five conversions. This is not going to be easy to swallow for the Broncos, but I think this is a bit of a sign for them. Um, uh-huh. They're... I think their fans are, are well accustomed to them being a, a side full of superstars. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they can be a, a reasonable side um, and competitive week to week, but they're really a side of toilers these days. You know, your Jack Reed, your, your, your Gillets, Corey Parkers, Thiday's, you know, Thiday had a fantastic game, I thought. Um, just outside of Barber, yeah. they're really a well, side. Hunt, of, well, you know, Hunt had the best game that he's ever had. He did have a good game. I, I just, I just don't think when when the best teams are at their best, I don't think the Broncos can go with them. And this is the thing that's going to be really disappointing for the Broncos. I mean, they were leading, you know, but uh, with you know with five to go, mm-hmm. and then uh, two tries, late tries, uh, got the chalky time. But the Broncos, the, the Roosters were playing well within them. The Roosters were nowhere near approach their best in this game at any stage. And I mean, it's almost like I think someone uh, sent us a tweet last week and said that the Broncos, you know, drag teams down to their level and you know oh, can sort of get over them. That that is probably true in a sense. I just don't know that down to their level seems a bit harsh. But they, yeah, they 
they just have a style of play which which is going to make them competitive. But when you get to that really top notch side, yeah. Um, well, the Roosters are defending champs. There's certainly no shame in losing to them. But I, I really think that you know when the Roosters turned it on, mm-hmm. and they didn't turn it on all the way. Yep. They they had no problem scoring points against Brisbane. Yeah. And that's a worrying sign. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Remember when Just the Broncos the... used to do that? Remember when used to do the Broncos yeah. against teams? Yeah. And now they've got it in their game. I mean, like, you look back, you know, you know they got some, you know, fames, like, you know, the, the, the final before uh, in 2008, you know, with the storm in the last, you know, in dying yeah. seconds after the Ashton Sims knock on. And uh, hey, Manly, uh, not last year, only the year before, they Wolfman scored over in the far corner. Yeah. Right in full time, take the win. Um, I think the Roosters won't have any trouble getting up for the best teams in the comp. Um, but... In games like this, I think they've, they've showing a little bit of a tendency to only play as well as they think they need to. And um, that, when when teams, you know, that they in themselves think that they should beat, when those teams come, really come to play and turn it on and stick it to them, I think they're susceptible to being upset. Um, and that's a bit of a trend that, um, you know, every team is going to want to come and play against the Roosters, their defending champs, as yeah. mentioned, um, I think it was last week. It's, you know, it's something you're going to have to rectify and they're going to have to find that level of intensity every week um, throughout the season. Otherwise, um, you know, once you throw Origin into the mix, maybe a couple of injuries here and there, they could find themselves in a little bit of a hole. Yeah. Agree. Okay, former underscore legend. The anomaly of Broncos' ladder leaders is now passed. Get ready for their slide down the ladder like a lubed fiery. I think people are getting a little too much satisfaction here of seeing the Broncos lose. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, like... We we Some have, of their fans. We have many me, friends. We have bitches. We have just... we have many friends. You know that are, that are Broncos fans. Sure. The both of us. You know, given that we live in Brisbane, obviously, you know, we're going to rub against Broncos fans. And them aside, although in some cases them, they can be some fucking annoying people. <laughs> like you know when they're, when they're winning, they can be really insufferable. And I think a lot of people have you know dealt with that, and especially south of the border have dealt with, you know, a long period of Brisbane being a quality side and they've been waiting, you know, they've been waiting 20 years to sink the boot in and, you know, now they can and so they're enjoying the fuck out of it. <laughs> uh, at Brendan, Brendan R. Carey, I hope I can get a refund on the truck full of Brisbane Broncos caps I ordered at the 75 minute mark for the This Week in League guys to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Fernance said, can I just say there's nothing better than walking out of Sandcrap Stadium after breaking the hearts of Broncos fans? Hash cunts. Jesus. Now look, I wouldn't go that hard, but yeah, it is. It is. Uh, I mean, you know, having having been been uh, with at least two of those two such games, it is. Oh, it look, is sweet. the Tigers won in the rain there. Robbie Farah put a kick across in the last ten seconds. Mitch Brown scored in the corner, and the Tigers won the game. Uh, I think it was two thousand ten. That was yeah. one where you had the picture of Lottie. Yeah. Yeah. And um, fuck, people were giving it to me about Jesus good times. <laughs> uh, Eddie NZ great effort shown by the boys but not even the Bronx could beat the Shane Hain plane tonight hash professional fouls in decline hash restful uh, it is a hash restful and here's the thing it's it's interesting when you watch East games because you get two things come out of it the the opposition fans are always like oh they should have sent you know guys to Simbin but East fans are like oh we got fucking raped in the penalty count you do it yeah, for it's a tactical fucking thing that you're coached to do because you'd rather concede a penalty than concede a line break or a try or like a roll on leading to a try. I mean, we know everyone knows that's the fucking case, but East fans still want to bitch about being on the wrong side of penalty counts. Come on, son. GT three fifty one underscore Johns. 
Bronx have been surprising. They have a grubby... Uh, I don't know. I think he means grubby ass. Grubby ass fullback. But the rest of the team, well done. Shame you couldn't. Shame you couldn't put away those rooters. God, that was a hard. I had to. I had to basically grammar correct that tweet on the fly. Then, Jesus. former underscore legend breaking. Greg Norman declares the Broncos <laughs> chokers. Hash fair call. Cruzy zero six, and this is a disturbing tweet. Gutted, but I sort of knew we were going to get rolled in the last five minutes. It just had that feel to it. Hash year of the horse. Is that a feeling you can identify with? You could. There was certainly. Well, I thought they were home and host, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, um, I did too. And then you could see the Roosters get a little bit of a roll on and then a penalty here. And you just. Um, I don't know that. Sometimes the crowd at Suncorp, you do get a, a real feel for the energy, whether they yeah. think that they're going to get rolled or. Yeah. Um, or that there's a try coming or something. Um I don't know that I got this overwhelming feeling that, gonna, that it was going to happen, but when it did happen, yeah. certainly got the feel from the crowd like... Oh, I knew it. Yeah, righto. Yeah. And they sort of packed up their shit and fucked off and yeah. left without a whimper. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, um, tough loss for them. Yeah. Because they, they really did... They, they tried their fucking guts out. And, yeah. And to get done against, the, you know, a good side, albeit, but, you know, again, that... It was in their keeping. Yeah, a game yeah. that... And, and Corey Parker said in an interview during the week that um, the, leading up to the game that, you know, last season there was probably four or six games where they, they lost by less than six points. Yep. You know, and if you, if you could close those games out, your season looks a lot different come yep. the end of 26 rounds. And, you know, he might get to the end of the season and, and this game and, and games like it he's talking about exactly the same fucking thing because yeah. it was well and truly in their grasp and, and in their keeping with, you know, four minutes to play and, and they let it slip. It's just funny, though, like, you know, saying, like, you, you knew you were going to get rolled and, and you know, that's yeah. thing. Like, I cannot identify, even back in, like, 2004 or 2005 when Desi took over and all Manly used to do was rock it up from, you know, one out for five tackles that's and kick it. That's where it pays. It. I, know, never, ever, I, I never went to a game thinking that it was going to lose. For ever. my, um, that's where it pays to have my, like, Tiger's gronkishness because, you know, we could be down by 20 with, like, six minutes to go. Oh, and you still think you're going to come and back I'm and like, that? yeah, we can score through, you know. I'm like, well... It's still good. It might be 10 minutes. Yeah. And I'll be like, well, fuck, we can score two tries. I know we can score two tries in five minutes. So, in 10 <laughs> minutes, we can score four tries and we can win this game. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've probably gone 60 minutes and we haven't scored a try. Yeah. But in, in you know... In the last ten, I'm I'm thinking, oh yeah, we'll just rattle, we'll rattle off four tries. We're good. We're good. <laughs> it, that it it it's, it's illogical. It's irrational. It doesn't. It makes no sense whatsoever. But in my head, until the final siren goes, we're never out of the game. Yeah, but we'll hold hold that thought for a couple of couple of game reports because uh, I'm going to share my experience from the weekend. Um, next game. Oh, sorry, no, sorry, one more. Scott B. Scoby underscore Scotty. So S C O B E E underscore Scotty. Uh, Scott Beebe. The Broncos run out. Fucking hell, you made that sound really difficult. Yeah, it was S-C-O-B-E-E underscore Scotty. The Broncos run out. Fireworks. The Broncos score a try. Fireworks. Fuck me. More pyro than New New Year's Eve in Sydney. (laughs) Hash pretentious much. (laughs) I hear you. Oh, it adds to the expect- are they still trying to, adds uh, to the spectrum. Are they still trying to fucking make the rally tower thing? Oh, Aaron took a rally tower. Are they still putting a the thing up in the video or you know, calling people to wave them around? And shit? No. I mean, they do make a little bit of a thing about it before the start of the game. Yeah. Um, they have put in a little bay of active fans. Yeah. 
um, which I like the initiative, and it's one thing that we can learn from from the A League. Um, that active fan thing, there's yeah. something to. I'm not saying that they should just completely replicate it, but there's something that can be t- taken from that. You know, the thing is with the active games. fan things, I always smile when you when when it has to be something that has to be created. Oh, look, I think it. Like Manly, we've never had that. We've never had that issue. Sure, but you can't tell me that every person at Manly, like there's a, there's an element on the hill. And but that's probably, right. But I mean, that's that was like that, that was never formed or anything. That's just no, something that, that happened that, organically. It's, it's just happened. And then, yeah. When you get a fifty-two thousand seat stadium, and you, and you've got you know, it's it's not like a hill where people are going to congregate. And you, yeah. You get that sort of. I like I like what they're doing with it. Yeah. I just they've got like, look at drums to beat. Yeah. Oh, they geez, can't I hate beat drums. It. That's well, the, that's the worst thing about going to see the Titans. Apart from having to watch a game featuring the Titans. Well, that. Make a good point, but even Broncos fans were like, "These drums are driving me fucking crazy." I saw it on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, like they couldn't. There was no beat to it. You know, they need they, to get someone who's actually got some I'm skill. No fucking musician, but if you're gonna bang a drum, fucking give it some sort of musical element and like a cadence that you know goes along with a chant or something yeah. like that. You know, not just banging it like um, fuck with. So I just I like where they're going with it. It needs some work. They've, they're missing the mark at the moment, but they, at least they're having a crack. All right. Penrith Panthers 18 defeated the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs 16. Uh, Panthers 18 points came from tries to Dean Fare, David Simmons, Kevin Nagama. Two of three conversions for Matt Moylan and a penalty goal. And the Doggies 16 points came from tries to Trent Hodkinson, Corey Thompson, Drury Lowe. Hodkinson two from three conversions. Look, clutch play from Moylan at the end. A goal from the side. Like, wow. Clutch play from Jamie Soward in the end to lay on that pass to actually Absolutely. get the try out. There. No question. Um, which which makes me almost vomit saying, but, you know. But at the end of the day, there was, you know, a, a team that he's played a few, you know, three games for now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, he's, he's put that on and when the game was on the line and he's delivered a win, uh, well, yep. you know, he's put them in a position to win the game and Moylan's delivered with a kick. Yep. Um, and Shanta, my um, one of my favourite Penrith nerds, he's he's changed his uh, his profile pic on Twitter to a picture of Moylan after the <laughs> after the kick. <laughs> and as he put it, he goes, "Oh, because I said, why why is your profile pic not Jamie Soward's solo celebration, which I thought was remarkable, and I'll get to that." And he said, "Well, I'd much preferred Moylan's. Yeah, I kicked the goal. Everyone said, all the fuck down.'" <laughs> Because <laughs> he, he just really didn't get overwhelmed with emotion for a young kid that's, yeah. you know, just won a game, yeah. an NRL game for his team. He would have dreamt about those sort of moments when he was growing up and coming through the grades um, to be so calm and, and yeah. you know, not get over... I fucking I was pretty excited watching. I don't even support the Panthers. He might have been one... He might be that one of those sorts of people that's just like, yeah, fucking... How cool am I? I'm not going to fucking carry on. Yeah, I had that whole way. Never in doubt. Oh, well, that just makes me think he's a cock now. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, she fits. Um, Jamie, they had the camera on Jamie Soward, and he's he's jumping around. He's he's, you know, he's trying to call people over to him. He's pumping his fist and beating his chest, and he's yelling and whooping and hollering. And he's doing it all on his own. It's like Gus was up in the fucking box, and he's throwing a fucking ball of he he, he held held the end of a ball of wool <laughs> and throwing it down in front. of him. It was like dangling it in front of him. I just. It was a, it was a thing of awkward beauty, watching him celebrate, and he was he was 
trying to gesture for people to come over and hug him and enjoy his moment with him. It's like no watching that guy came within a fucking bull's roar it's, of him. It's like watching the guy who, who fucking puts up his hand for the high five and then just gets fucking left hanging. Yeah, it was like that. Yeah. He's that guy. You got to turn away. That's just like it feels embarrassing to to. It view was it. awkward yeah. to watch, and then all of a sudden it flips to the to the actual all the other players who'd congregated and were celebrating that you know away from Jamie, yeah. and then all of a sudden Jamie comes in over the top and jumps on top of him and yeah. whoops it up with his teammates and. Look, it, it looks lovely if you just look at that picture, but the couple of minutes beforehand when he's there in the middle of the field on his fucking own without a teammate around him, that is the Jamie Soward way. That is the telling, that's the telling uh, incident. Having said all that, I think Penrith had the makings of, of an exciting side. I, I'm starting to think the five-year plan might have come early. Um, if they can put it all together and they're putting it, you know, they're playing some reasonable footy and they're certainly competitive. Um, yes, they've only beaten the Bulldogs and, and that, fact isn't lost on me but um, I think they've got some some solid forwards they've got some exciting backs and, and some good individual performances as well that um, you know can uh, add that little bit of an X factor so um, yeah I think I like Penrith I'd like to see Penrith do well it, even if it means these fucking nerdy motherfuckers with perms and fucking you know Mike Tyson Penrith supporting cunts are going to be happy then you know Fucking so be it how about T-Rex yeah I fucking I, love it he's talk about reap the whirlwind fucking <laughs> Des Hasler you wanted him motherfucker you got him now suck it he's we seem to talk about him every week and he doesn't I don't know he's it, it, it's going to be a story, you know, in a couple of years' time when he's playing New South Wales Cup or he's in England earning fucking silly money for what he's doing, which yeah. is probably fuck all. Um, you know, a guy with those physical fucking talents. Yep. And he's a fucking tin man. Or the lion. He's come a... He's the fucking Wizard of Oz character that didn't have a fucking heart. He's, he's that guy. He's fallen He's fallen a long way since the, uh, the goal-kicking... Man of the match in a grand final, winning premiership, winning in the Q, in the Q Cup for the Sunshine Coast he's, Eagles, five eight player that he was. He's not even the same guy that was on the wing for Para. No, he's, he's, yeah, he's actually that below either. that. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> You're right. The only thing that's changed is his pay packet. Yeah, six hundred grand a year, and you're not even the same player you were when you were playing for Parramatta on the fucking wing. Yeah, yeah. What, exactly. what have you become? Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Uh, speaking of uh, Ninja, Shanda86, Soured Moylan and T-Rex with the big clutch plays saved the day for Penrith, and he's gone hash Gussius on there. <laughs> Chapo, the creator. Uh, yes, this is a late tweet and all, but fucking come on, T-Rex, fucking show some fucking spine, you fucking P-Heart. That's the lamentations of a Canterbury fan. Yes. Tall Hayden. Hasler complaining about the refs. As the saying goes, you can take the boy out of Manly, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> to which Ninja replied to that one and put us in there as well, saying, funny hearing him talk about the 100-metre free ride upfield. You pick T-Rex, motherfucker. It's your own fault. <laughs> Former underscore legend. Pretty shit crowd at Penrith again. If you've ever been to Panthers, you know that putting 4,000 pokies inside the ground would help. Makes sense. GT351 underscore Johns. Dogs lost on the back of two silly penalties in the last two minutes. A lazy effort by T-Rex and then a silly penalty. We should have held on. Yes, you should have. It's almost like the NRL should do, like, you know, they, they had to release a press release, like an apology, saying, uh, look, uh, Broncos, Doggies, Eels, apologize. Just wanted to let you guys know. 
we let the other 13 sides know for whatever reason the emails bounced from your accounts or whatever but um this year games go for 80 minutes not 78 <laughs> just want to let you know right <laughs> uh, three card magic trick now I know how the Broncos fans felt last night gutted super happy with how we played though hash proud to be a bulldog I don't I can't get that mentality at all I just if I lose I just want to fucking kill the world I think the dogs are well I don't want to be no, up. I, I, I'm, I'm pissed off regard, regardless. Yeah. Um, but. Maybe two days later, I'm looking for, you know, reaching for fucking positives, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. I can be pretty proud of them, d- despite, you know. But fuck, we've had some heart wrenching fucking losses over the last few years. Um, yep, yeah, sorry. I forgot what point I was going to make then, I'm sorry. Okay. Toto TV, maybe this will jog, jog your memory. The wife thought I was watching a porno, Zavo. Nope, just the Panthers cheerleaders. Oh. How about that? What about them? Best what, chasing the fucking pussycats? Best thing to come out of the Panthers. Well, generally, someone dressed in leather pants in Penrith. Crack addict. 100%. Yeah. And it's not even like leather. It's not even pleather. It's just straight up fucking vinyl. Yeah. It's probably glad wrap painted with a nicker. <laughs> it's not just one of those black garbage bags. Yeah. <laughs> Thin and liner. And it's like an extra large garbage bag, but it just looks like leather pants. Because <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's fucking vacuum packed onto someone's generously proportioned ass. Um, Mickey T, talking to you. Um, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> Don't worry about the footy. Just want, just give me eighty minutes of video of those girls. Exactly. Just run the halftime halftime routine on loop. Uh, Mister underscore Sando or Shando, as you know, as the case may be. Is it uh, Jamie Soward carving up the doggies? Sucks to be you. Hash cat watch. I don't know if he means sucks to be the doggies or sucks to be us. Like as if he's a Penrith fan saying, you know, you know, suck it, Sam. Yeah, you know, Soward's good. You know, careful, son. Yeah, because <laughs> we remember stuff like that. Yeah, Mister Shando. Okay, moving right along. The St. George Illawarra Dragons, 14, defeated the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks, 12, at the Ramondas tip. Uh, the Dragons, 14, came from a double to Brett Morris and a try to Jason Nightingale. Widdop, one from three from the boot. And the Sharkies, 12 points, came from a double to John Morris and two goals from two attempts from Michael Gordon. Oh, John Morris, as predicted by uh, Tim Sheens all these years ago, looked every bit like Cooper Cronk. <laughs> Revelatory. <laughs> Um, not really, but fucking two tries for Johnny Morris for the Sharkies, but that was about as good as it got. Um, Brett Morris, on the other hand, was his usual brilliant self. Yeah. Fucking can finish, that kid. Is. He's just missed another one with, by, you know, a hair's breadth of his elbow being out. So, um, But that, that try was upside down. It was almost as good as David Knopf. Well, as I was saying on Twitter at the time that you saw, I mean, like, it was like, wow. So that's what the Nofaluma try looks like if you don't drop the ball. Yeah, but... So at the end of that, I guess you'd probably better. give if you had to compare the two tries, you'd probably give it to Brett Morris because it was scored against better quality opposition. Um, he scored it against the powerhouse side like the Sharks, whereas Noffa only scored his against Manly. Grand um, finalist. Sorry. Grand finalist. On the way to pumping you. No one remembers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, super impressive effort. Um, this is one of those times when you're asleep, right? Sorry? You're sleep talking right now, right? <laughs> no, no, this is just normal shit talk. Um, I think it was a pretty gritty win from the Dragons. It was it wasn't spectacular outside of Morris's efforts, but um, the Sharks certainly tried hard. They're, they're a bit lost at the moment. They looked lost in patches. A lot of, a lot of injuries, uh, and, a lot of know, injuries, and, and coming stuff down off the needle. On. Yeah, you know they haven't got that help anymore. 
I just um, yeah, they 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 certainly tried. They they never quit the the Sharkies, and that's a credit to them. But um, it just felt like the Dragons, you know, were playing within themselves and and had um, had the game in hand. The scoreline never really blew out in the way that it probably could have. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just I think the Dragons certainly were capable of of, of turning out a lot more um, enterprising footy. Um, if need be, but they, they did get caught into a little bit of a, a grind, um, which is probably what the Sharks really wanted. That was probably their best chance of winning the game. Yeah. Um, really battling it out in the forwards and, and muscled up. And, um, you know, the Dragons probably uh, still have a bit of that in their game, not quite as, as much as what they did under the Bennett, under the Bennett regime, but um, they still have the ability to grind out a win. All right, former underscore legends in the... Vi- oh, actually... Let's go to this game's tweet, sorry. GT351 underscore Johns. Eat a bag of dick sharks. Maybe your CEO can concentrate on your own shit club instead of worrying about the Bulldogs. As if the Sharkies haven't got enough <sighs> to worry about. Now other opposition fans are just hammering And then he's going hash shark soup on top of that. Wow. Jeez. And I mean, that, and to be honest, we didn't get any, any other tweets. Not, not a value from that game, which is uh, means I guess that the Dragons fans have just fallen off. They're not, they haven't gone back on the bandwagon yet. Moving right they're along, though. Undefeated. What's it going to take? Don't know. I don't know. They, they're in shock. They can't believe it. New Zealand Warriors, 20. Upset. Big upset. North Queensland Cowboys, 16. Up there at 1,300 teeth. So it was an away game for the Warriors, too, in one of the most inhospitable away trips you can do. And uh, their points came from a double to the fish. Glenn Fisiahi, Conrad Hurrell got a try on his return. Sione Lousy, uh Sean Johnson, two from four conversions. Cowboys, 16, came from tries to Winterstein, Michael Morden, Kyle Felt, and... Jonathan Thurston, two from two, and uh, Antonio Winnerstein had a cracking goal and uh, unsuccessful. I think this is going to be the Cowboys' Achilles heel, um, beating sides they're expected to. Um, certainly at home, the Warriors have been playing shit. I was I was so fucking absolutely flabbergasted by this game. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I, um, I think both sides were off their best footy, but I, I think the Warriors probably showed more signs of being the side. Um, we think they might be by season's end, but... Um, this was a game the Cowboys really should have taken control of early via their forwards in the direction of Jonathan Thurston being at home. Um, and they just failed to do so. I think the Warriors, yep. you know, they scored that try. Um, a loose pass and, and no one was pushing up and yep. the winger wasn't marking up on his man. It didn't wasn't even really a dangerous attacking situation. It was a, it was a cut-out, cut-out ball gone wrong. Um, hits the winger on the bounce and he strolls over untouched. Oh, and, yep. and that was it sort of got worse from there as, as the game wore on so um, the Warriors really needed that win I think and, you know another loss um, and, and there's already talk about Elliot and yeah. you know another loss and, and who knows you know their confidence goes down further it, it could be a slippery slope and, and then all of a sudden the coach gets sacked so I think they really needed that win and, and regardless of how impressive it was may or may not have been I think it was important for the club and certainly important for the coach another thing to think about too the Warriors here this is game it was essentially played for them they were kicking off about it like 11 o'clock at night yeah well that's they said that it, but at their time the game finished at 1 o'clock yeah I mean so that's you know I mean 
it's a shit away game in the first place in a hot you know for the time of year a very fucking hot venue it still would have been fairly humid up there yeah. regardless of the time of night and and for them you know obviously the Cowboys it's just you know it's just like an 8.30 game or whatever for mm. them but you know that's you know all around a good job absolutely um how how much they take out of the game and and put into practice um you know for these coming weeks remains to be seen but you know it was a game that they really probably had no business winning and they managed to get it done okay um cruzy 06 just look at the flowers cowboys just look at the flowers <laughs> that's a reference that you will not get it's walking dead yeah yeah and uh, you would have seen it erupt over the last, you know, four years. Yeah, it must have been fairly epic. Although I don't watch the show because it's too scary for me. I'll show you. I'll cue it. I'll cue it up. It's not. It's, it's not a zombie-related bit. I'll just, I'll just say you, this is something you can see. So I'll show you later, so you know what it's all about. Uh, Unky D must be a Warriors game on right now. Twitter is dead. <laughs> True words, Unky D, because that's the last tweet we got on the subject. Moving along to Sunday and the match of the round, the mighty Manly Seagulls, 22, defeat the Parramatta Eels, 18. In a dominant performance, uh, Manly's 22 points came from a double to the weapon and greatest footballer ever minted, Steve Matai. Jamie Lyon got a try. Petter Hiku, of course, got a try. And the haikus were flowing about him too. Jamie Lyon, three from four conversions. And the Eels, 18, came from tries too. One to Totai, a double to Radradradradra. Nathan Pete's got a try in his return from being a naughty boy. And uh, Paulo. I think they're chiseling his face off fucking Mount Rushmore now with one from four. <laughs> Look, I think losing is is as habitual as winning can be. Um, Para put everything into this game mm-hmm. and probably deserved to win in, in, in many parts but just didn't know how to get it done. The goal kicking didn't help, but, um, you know... Essentially, they led with two minutes to go. You got to close that shit out, son. Exactly, exactly. Um, the good sides do it. The good sides can be behind, as as the Roosters showed, Manly have showed here. Um, the good sides can be behind, and they never think they're out of the game. Exactly. And, and that's the difference mentally between those sorts of sides and a team that's won two consecutive wooden spoons. Yeah. So, um, pretty heart wrenching for Para fans because I know that you know. They would have fucking erupted. Yeah, yeah. for me personally, they, they imploded. Like, the game, or exploded. Like if you want to give me, if you want to give me the like fifty six four win, or this, I'll take this all fucking day because like this, the, the the sweet sweet tears that you extract from your vanquished opponent are just that much more delicious. Like there's just that much more emotion and and just and pain in there. It's just it's wonderful. It's so beautiful to win games under these circumstances. Um. Jared Hayne, there's been a lot of talk about Jared Hayne's comments to the referees, and um, I was actually quite pleased to see he didn't get a fine, but um, you've got to say, for, for Parramatta to be penalised for a play-the-ball infringement, um, and then you look at a couple of graphic examples of play-the-balls, and that's what we talk about, uh, certainly graphic examples of play-the-balls play that um, went unpenalised that Manly um, committed. It, this is what we talk about, consistency, and regardless of what side of the fence you're on, you can't have a penalty for one infringement and then have two... Yeah, but they've got to be the same thing too. I mean, like, you saw like, the, the manly ones are like, you know, the camera angle and everything like that was a big factor and they weren't that bad, but the Gower one, <laughs> yeah. the Gower practically... I like how you just gloss over it. The motherfucker played the ball sideways twice. No, 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 no. The manly... Uh... The, Gower, Gower played the ball back towards... He was facing his own trial line pretty much. It was one of like always. It was almost comical. It was that bad. The other ones were just like you know. You know, there's always a bit of shove and everything in the in, in the ruck. You know, with the the first marker and the and the guy getting up to play the ball. <laughs> and yeah, they just got shoved off a little bit. But you know, they made you know they made the effort to contact the ball and uh, and you know play it back in a 
backward motion. As far as Rad Radra goes, you've got to say, look, he's not he's certainly a long way from the first Fijian winger to, to come in and make a bit of an impact with his strong running and speed, right? Yeah, he's, but he's actually got fucking skills, though, too. Like, well, he's not just a finisher. That's my point. He looks a lot more refined at this stage of his career, which is fairly early on, than a lot of other Fijian wingers that have come into the comp. Um, I'll tell you, I've never seen Lloyd Dekiri do like a little fucking grubber chase, pick up, pass on the way to the ground, you know, pinpoint back inside. Not even in Brisbane days when he was... No, never. Really? Never. Not even um, in Union when he was playing Namibia and scored five tries. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was just a finisher with pace and yeah, strong Yeah, I, I think he's... Um, you know, if once teams sort of work some of those guys out and they get up in their face and give them no room to move, that's pretty much all she wrote because that's all the skills he got. Yeah. Run yeah. hard and fast and that's it. Yep. He's got a bit more in his kit bag. I like it. I, like I think he's, he's got, got yeah, a bit he's, of variety. He's got a, I think he's got a future like, you know, as a centre because he's actually shown that he can, you know, throw passes on and little moves, you know, kicks and sure. stuff like that. You know, to set a guy up on the outside who is just like a catch and finish guy. Mm. So, uh, but you know, we'll see how he goes. I'm but, impressed um, with him. Yeah, like, I like he, him. He, you know, it's it's another positive for the Eels fans and, um, you know, they've... Yeah. You look at some of the faces of the players and, and, and you see how much it actually means to some of them to, to not fucking just consecutive... To not win yeah. another wooden spoon. you know, And that is good to see. Like some it players is. will just punch it in. Um, you know, as Bill Simmons says, um, fix a stamp to it and post in their performance. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is the fucking lot I've got and, and yeah. I'm getting paid for it regardless. Mm-hmm. But... Um, you know, it, it means a lot to a, to a fair few of those players in that side for them not to be shit. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, mentally, I think they've got a ways to go. They do. They do. They definitely do. And uh, and this, you know, contrasting with, you know, Cruzy's tweet from the Broncos game where he's like, oh, you know, I knew we were going to get rolled. I remember sitting there, uh, you know, I was watching it live, so I was, I was watching it through a, through a stream, uh, getting picking it up live because I didn't want to wait for the Channel 9 delay coverage. And so I had it there on my laptop, and uh, my brother was over as well, and um, and so we're watching it, and he's just kind of like, you know, on the front of his seat, and like, just fucking stressing the fuck out at the end of the game and everything, and I'm just sitting like, don't worry about it, man, we're, gonna st- we're not going to lose, we're not, not going to lose, and he jumped up like it was a fucking grand final win, like he couldn't believe it, and I was just like... I fucking told you we'd find a way to win, man. Like, there, was not, there was no point in that game where I felt like we were going to lose the game. And um, and I guess that's just, you know, you know I guess the, the, the privilege of having a team that's, that actually puts themselves in every contest, you know, no matter, you know, win or lose, they're always sort of in it at the end, you know, with a chance. Um, tweets. Up, 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 Cronulla is back. Whinge loud enough and the ref will check it for you. Oh, I forgot, this you only applies to Manly. Are so fucking rich, considering the way that we've been absolutely ass raped by referees, particularly over the last two seasons when you know Souths have become the darlings of the NRL. Oh, Unfucking believable that the referees actually do something correctly. It's not like they made an incorrect decision; they actually did something correct. And all of a sudden, it's the worst fucking thing in the world. Not to mention the fact that it was done 100 meters away from <laughs> from any try scoring area, 101 meters away from any try scoring area as well. So fucking relax, Mr. Nilsson 27. Rooney scored one of the most incredible goals ever yesterday. On the other end of the kicking spectrum, Joseph Paulo. Uh, then we got uh, Berkeley underscore Eagle. Oh, actually, he he sorry he retweeted this one of Jonesy's. Jared Hayne cries. Matai soars like eagles do. Hiku is haiku. Hashiku Haiku. And I'm not going to use mine. Oh, mine. Mine was fantastic. I can't remember what it was. That was something like Never in Doubt. Uh, oh, fuck. 
and something about you know Manly being amazing and, and you know it's because they had Matai oh and and Hiku too. Uh, and Matai, how fucking good is Matai this year? Like, let's face it, I love the guy, you know, anyway. But this year, he's been fucking amazing. What about how fucking good I'm going on the punt this year? Are you? On the Paddy Richards? Paddy Richards, round one, 60 bucks. Yeah. Round two, 55 bucks. Yeah, it's going to start coming down. Round three, Steve Matai, 55 bucks. Yeah. And then uh, that was on Sunday, on the Saturday night, not rugby league related. First goal scorer in the Brisbane Raw match. Oh, the guy that scored an injury at the end? Yeah. Yeah. With 90 seconds to go. Yeah. So in, in 90 plus three minutes. Yeah. Luke Bratton. Pumps one home. 75 bucks. Thanks very much. <laughs> so I've invested, what, 20 bucks in my... <laughs> so why'd you, why'd you pick Bratton, though? Oh, he's just one of my favourite players. Hey. And I thought, you know what? He's going to be good. He's good for a long-range bomb. Like, yeah. So if if it's a tight game and you know we might sort of play it around outside the box and pump it across to him, which is exactly what him, happened. Yeah, because <laughs> it's it's happened a couple of times this season already. Yeah. Um, but yeah, fucking come good. And Matt, I, I was like before the game, I was like, you know what? Manly are going to fancy their chances. The ball's going to come out wide. Yeah. Um, they're going to fancy their chances in the back line against Para, and um, yeah. And it was a good thing to take to take Matai or you know Chase Blair would have been another good option because that's the other thing with I mean, people. Go, oh, Manly fucking you know did this and Manly did that. Yeah, Manly lost four in just before the game, and so they had the reshuffle. Jamie Lyon moved over playing five eighth, playing on the left hand side of the field next to Matai, and then so you had Tony Satini making his uh, debut in the Jamie Lyon position, which is going to kill that side. You know, take Jamie Lyon out of that side of attack, the most reliable side of attack. Of course, it's going to kill the attack down that side, and that's exactly what happened. And that's why you know you had Matai get a double, and you know, and uh, Jamie Lyon got his try from a pass from Matai, you know, back inside. So um. Yeah, exactly. I'd say Chase Blair as well. Fuck, we've turned him into a player quickly. I, I can't remember if he was like a total gronk at Parramatta or just like, you know, partial. He seemed to have, a, a, you know, a few reasonable games. It's hard when you're getting fucking thumped everywhere. Yeah. Other than the times you played the Tigers. Dude's a fucking talent. Another manly success story from our feeder club. <laughs> Tirana 355. What can I say? We didn't deserve that win, but I'll take the two points. We play better as underdogs, in my opinion. Matai was great. Uh, Annie O'Brien. LOL. The Hain complain. Whinge, whinge, cop the loss, mate. Moving along, Gold Coast Titans 24 to feed the Canberra Raiders 12. Uh, Titans 24 points came from tries to Bo Falloon, Paul Carter, and a double to Albert Kelly, which is like a double that barely even counts because they're both in like the last fucking two minutes. Uh, Canberra Raiders 12 came tries to, oh, sorry, Greg Bird, three or four conversions. Uh, Canberra Raiders 12 came from tries to Jared Croker, Anthony Milford, two goals from two attempts for Jared Croker. Pretty ordinary from the Raiders at home. This First home game of the year. Um, Milford's been in, in reasonable sort of form. Titans were coming off um, pretty ordinary loss. Yeah, very, very, very ordinary. He just... It was all there. It was all there for the Raiders, and um, they just fucking couldn't get it done in the end. Um, I think, you know, as you say, Albert Kelly late in the game come up with a, a couple of, you know... Johnny on the spot players and and I see talk during the week that they're talking about offering him a long term deal. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's long term as in five years, Titans, <laughs> as Titans are, are want to do. 
Um, but yeah, I think the story out of this game, I was most disappointed with the Raiders. Uh, I think they're they're a better side than what they showed, and and certainly at home, you expect them to be far more formidable than to be rolling over against the Titans. Um, yeah. Nate Miles deserves special mention. I think he made fucking close to 60 tackles in this game, if I'm not mistaken. I did see one report where um, I, I can't remember the exact number, but. Um, I thought he was fairly ordinary against the Tigers. Yep. Um, he didn't really stand up, and the Tigers' um, forward pack rolled over the top of him. Um, and it's not something you'd want from a guy that um, is really a cornerstone of the Titans' pack. So he's uh, he's rebounded quite well, and, and a lot of his play, as well as um, Kelly's efforts in attack, basically delivered the win. Yeah, and that Kelly stuff, I mean, like, there, were, there were some multis that were killed by this game. Sure. With Titans, Titans uh, sorry, Canberra plus... Eight and a half. I don't know what the stat is, but um, Albert Kelly reminds me a lot of the last several years, discounting last year, um, but certainly 2010 through to 2012 for Benji Marshall. Mm-hmm. Um, if a ball hit the deck, Benji was around. You, there. Yep. you know, I, I don't know how the fuck it happened. Yep. But the amount of times he picked up a loose ball and ran 60, 80 metres and scored yep. all, you know. There was even one last season where a loose pass from the storm in the wet there at Leichhardt, yep. um, he, he's towed it through and scored. Albert Kelly has a similar trait. He just always seems to be around a loose ball. I don't know how they managed to, to do that, how that gets into your game, but yep. it's it's a fucking bit of an uncanny knack. Yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> he did it against the Tigers even last weekend. So. Yep. Yep. Okay, uh, Troy underscore 79. He's just sent us something that's nothing but hashtags. Hash Sack Tills. Hash Sack Stewart. Hash Bring Back Ferner. Hash Sutor is a cunt. And then the official, hash the official bring tag. Back Ferner. Yeah, and he's come back with his next one. Old oh, mate, that had sent us Hash Sack Ferner every week for fucking three seasons. Yeah. I wouldn't be too happy yeah. to hear that. And he's, on a, and he's, he's followed up with another tweet that said, uh, Fuck me dead. Sutor is a fucking retard, but it was just one of those nights when we were off our game and got frustrated. Mm Footy Facts 37. What a terrible, terrible loss. It was like an 80-minute prostate exam. Uh, it's Mitchell, 180. This is the sort of a game that doesn't deserve a winner. Agreed. Shaboogan. Canberra auto-corrects to cancer in my phone. <laughs> Perfect description for this fucking snorefest. Former underscore legend. Canberra v. Titans. It's like watching a cripple fight a leper. Hash ordinary. Ryan Finance. My God, watching this game makes me so happy. I don't support the Titans or live in Canberra. And uh, Hammers, H4MMERZ. The coal train must have eaten all the Devon left over by Jamal. Yeah, something's up there. I wouldn't well, be surprised to see him shipped out. He's only... Yeah. I mean, you, you, you look back like you... People only remember the, the good the good things, I think, that made him like a, a you know, somewhat of a commodity player, like, you know, the command of decent money. And you've got to remember, he, he hasn't played well consistently for any period of time Ever. since his uh Ever. since since he had that golden streak with Carmichael Hunt before Carmichael Hunt fucked off to AFL. But that wasn't for a whole fucking season. No, there was it was about six to nine rounds. Where they That's had an right. understanding they Out developed an understanding. It was at the end, so obviously they built it up through the season and then it became an understanding and then it started to happen for him. He fucked off the AFL and, and he uh, fucked off the south. And he fucked off the south, and uh, he's he's never he's never played well since, except for you know patches leading up to Origins or contract negotiations. Yeah, yeah so very disappointing player overall. Um, Monday night for bitch. 
the Melbourne Storm 28 defeated Newcastle Knights 20 uh, down there at Amy. Uh, Storms 28 came through tries to Cameron Smith, Sisawanga, Kevin Proctor, Will Chambers, and Young Tonamapia. And uh, Cameron Smith, three from five conversions and a penalty goal. The Knights 20 came from tries to Jeremy Smith and a double to the Uate Parte. You see that tweet we got through today yeah. about you know, Fox Sports, how they said Uate Parte? Fucking copyright, Did we trademark, I mean, patent pending. It probably lends itself to, to a bunch of people coming up with that. But Look, I, I, will, I will cop that people might have come up with, you know, Uate Party separately, but you put Uate, the Parte and everything, no fucking way. That's all us. They have ripped that the fuck off. Wow. And they'll be hearing from our lawyers. <laughs> right. Our legal team. A pretty gallant effort. Hang on a minute. I'm not finished yet. Oh, sorry. Wade Party got a double. Yeah. Kirk Eadley got a conversion. Tyrone Roberts got a conversion. Kirk Eadley got a penalty goal. Tyrone Roberts got a penalty goal. You fucking stopped me. Now so proceed. You could say Kirk Eadley's name twice. And, Ty- and Tyrone Roberts' is named twice. How dare you. Show some respect. Um, for who? Tyrone. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry, Tyrone. Uh-huh. Gallant effort from Newcastle in the circumstances. Um, certainly in the circumstances leading up to the game, let alone what happened. Just for um, half-time, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, side pretty banged up, missing some key players in, in Boyd and Mullen. Um, and I'll tell you what, they, they started the game well. They jumped out to a, a lead, and um, I just think the Storm outclassed them in the end. Um, certainly... Um, McKinnon's injury took the wind out of out of the Knights' sails for a while there, but I think they still uh, performed fairly admir- admirably, and um, they kept the storm honest. But um, I just think Melbourne, you know, when they really needed to, they come up with a play. Yep. And um, Cameron Smith dove over from uh, from dummy half there and, and put the game pretty much in their keeping, but. Um, I just think it, it probably boiled down to the, the stints that Melbourne had a glut of possession um, and field position and via, you know, errors from Newcastle or penalties. And um, there was a couple of, of phases of the game where, where Melbourne seemed to just have the ball consistently there um, in really good field position. And, and with those guys, you just can't fucking do it. Yeah, exactly. Against Melbourne, you have to have a decent majority of the possession um, and you have to have them coming out of their own end the whole time and and that's basically prerequisite to mm-hmm. winning to beating them yep. um, and you still have to play out of your skin regardless but um, yeah I just the Knights probably had their, their opportunities to win but they just um, coughed up a bit of ball and, and, and a few errors here and there and, and Melbourne capitalised so um, just want to talk about young young Hampton um, the five eights, Hampton. Yep. You look how Widdop's going for St George, and and I was concerned that he wasn't going to go very well for St George given the players that he had around him. But I, I think they might have been holding him back a bit, Widdop. Um, yeah, Hampton seems to have filled the void fairly well so far. He's good. He's he's an eager defender. Yeah, say he's, he's a good defender. He's still he's suffering from the same thing though too, because you look at uh, you know round one he didn't have Cronk, mm. and he was great and did everything. Now Cronk's back. He's just got to kind of take a back seat and, you know, play that more the the role that probably Widdop was forced to play. Sure, I, I think he's just as effective though, um, and I, I think he's he's proving to be a fairly adequate defender uh, for a young bloke. And yeah, he, um, I just think this game was probably business as usual for the Storm. I expected them to win, and they did. And uh, let's move on. 
All right, Troy underscore 79. I thought George Rose lost 14 kilos over the off-season. Must have put on 30 beforehand. <laughs> Hash fat shit. Chapo the creator. Fuck the storm seriously. That tackle was shades of the Jared McCracken tackle. Hash fucking purple grubs. Hash Cameron Smith is a shit cunt. Which does raise that point. Cameron Smith... It was unsavoury. Bleating to the referee... You know, complaining about you know the penalty and the, you know and the rest of it, while the dude is clearly you know being prepared for a very fucking tentative removal from the field, you sure. know, due to you know neck trauma. There's certain Mate, things have some class. You know, there's certain times where you just think the result. Certain things are more important than the result, mm-hmm. and um, and that was one of those times. And given his time over again, I would hope that he'd uh, probably handle himself a bit differently. Previews kicking off Friday night football match of the round. Sydney Roosters take on the Manly Sea Eagles uh, at Allianz. Looking down the referee list, no Hain, no Chechen. We do have Cummins, though, who's is positioning himself up the ranks of Gronkery. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Kieran Foran named, you know, may not play. Brett Stewart not named. Uh, I think it was calf. I think it was okay. a calf injury. Um, I think he's going to be one that, you know, the in quotes, you know, has up until the last minute yeah. to prove his fitness. Um, he can be named in number one, but uh, here Brett Stewart is a, is a chance of returning as well. So uh, pretty unset line. I mean, looking at the way they've got the line up there, though, with Satini there in 18, then it, I would I would presume that Kieran Foran will drop out. What do you Jamie, think of him? Jamie Lyon Tony goes to fight. Satini. You know, he's a center. He's a guy that filled. He's a warm body that filled a space. But I mean, he's no Jamie Lyon, which is a space he was filling while Jamie Lyon was on five eight duties over the other side of the field. Um, you know, he's he's supposed to. You know, he, I've had we've had people tweeting us going, "Oh, he's going to be the revelation." And you know, I don't know about that. You know, we'll see. But you know, he'd have to show me something. I mean, he was fine. He didn't do anything wrong. I don't think any of the the bus really came through him or anything like that. I don't think he had a, a poor debut by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, when you take Jamie Lyon out of that, uh, you know, well-oiled machine on the right-hand side, that, you know, that goes from, you know, from Cherry to Glenn Stewart to Jamie to Wolfman, you take a piece out of that puzzle and, you know, he's never going to be as good. So, you know, he's on a hide and nothing, I think. But, um, you know, from all reports, he's a good player. And I guess we'll see, you know, the more opportunities he gets. Yeah, time will tell. Um mentioned before, I think the Roosters probably don't have any trouble getting up for the for the better sides in the competition, of which Manly are clearly won. Then uh, I just I, I've got a feeling about the Roosters. I think they might take this one out. I, I think It'll be a I, tough game for sure in the fall. I think the especially. Roosters have got a, a they've got a very good chance of winning if Foran doesn't play, because it's just it's just too many fucking positional changes. I mean, you've got. Um, Tom Simons still out. You've got uh, Tafua still out. You've got Brett Stewart still out. And then you put add four into that as well. And then that's taking, like, you know, you know the key yeah. players obviously being, you know, Cherry Evans, Foran, and Brett Stewart. And so you take two of those three out, you're automatically crippling the side. And, I mean, Jamie Lyon's fantastic. And let's face it, 40 nil happened with him at 5'8". But it still weakens the combination that's been, you know, happened for, you know, the four or five years following that, you know, down the right-hand side. So, unless Satini, you know, with an extra week under his belt, you know, uh, learns the plays a lot better or, you know, they develop a better understanding, you know, between, you know, his understanding on what to do, that kind of thing. Hiku's immense. Like, I mean, uh, I've got absolutely no issues with him, you know, taking over long-term from Brett Stewart when the day comes. 
I think that he gets better and better every time, and he's starting to really learn his role in the side and uh, and play awesome. And defensively, and you know, as, as a fullback, I think he's fine. He's very sound. You know, uh, no problems there. But um, you know, I think the key comes down to four, and if he's playing, and if he's fit enough to play, and you know, I don't think he'll play if he's if he's not fit enough to play. But um, yeah, if he's playing, I think you know they'll be okay because they've shown even without Brett Stewart that you know they are. You know, for the, the South game they played without Brett Stewart, and they had four in in there though. So, you know, they if they've got most of that kind of combination in place, they'll be fine, and they can cover the injuries. But I think four in is one injury too far if it comes to it. Fair call. I'm going to go the Roosters. Though. I'm still going to go Manly because I don't know what's going to happen with four, and he's named at the moment, so therefore Manly are going to win uh, quite easily, 13 plus. The uh, Dragons, St George Illawarra Dragons, take on the Brisbane Broncos. No doubt you'll be in attendance at this one. Oh no, you won't. Is it Wollongong? Bad luck. Yes. I just keep thinking, oh yeah, it's a fucking, we're going to have to be forced to watch it live here, so I just automatically think it's, it's Lang Park, but no. No, it's down in Wollongong, so you get a week off. Uh, well, you know, the Dragons, they'll go into this game as the favourites. They would. Just given the, the way they started the season. I have to look at it from a more holistic viewpoint of, you know, the last season and this season. We're only three games in, the fourth game coming up, and... Uh, I'm still going to tip the Dragons. <laughs> I think mentally, if the Broncos can rebound out after last week's loss um, and, and play as well as they did against the Roosters, I think they'll certainly give the Dragons a fair bit of a shake. Um, just the Dragons being at home, uh, the form that Widdop's in, and the, you know the, the scars of last week probably have me leaning a little bit towards the Dragons, but I think it'll be a fairly tough game. Yeah, and, you know, the two teams, the position where they are at the moment and everything and the season they're having so far, I still think the jury's out on both of them, to be perfectly honest. So, unfortunately, they're playing each other and not, you know, good sides. So, the jury's still going to be out no matter what happens in this game. This is just one of these games that these two sides are playing. And, um, you know, the the Broncos had their test last week against the Roosters. The Roosters seem to be fairly off the pace but still found a way to win. So, you know, how does that reflect on the Broncos? I mean, I would have preferred to see the Roosters at, you know, full clip. And then, you know, if the Broncos took it to them, then you go, okay, you know, they've got something. But it's just really hard to assess them when they, you know, sort of play down to their opposition. And the- I have a feeling you just look at the way Barber's getting himself more and more involved from week to week. Um, you know, he probably has the capacity to do a fair bit of damage against the Dragons. Um, and I think if he does that, then the Broncos will go a long way towards winning. Just being at home... And like I said, it was a tough loss for the Broncos last week. Um, and, yeah, I'm just going to lead into the Dragons slightly. Yeah, and you're right. And, uh, you know, Barber has been injecting himself more and more. And, um, and I mean, I have seen, like, you know, from Red Hill, the, you know, several of the Broncos' wives have got bigger smiles on their faces than they previously had. Let's move on, shall we? New Zealand Warriors take on the West Tigers. Westpac Stadium. Where's Westpac Stadium, by the way? That's in uh, New Zealand. Yeah, I know it's in New Zealand, but where? But is it? I think talking to C. Scotty, yeah, um, who's a Kiwi. Don't hold it against him; he's a nice bloke. Um, I think he said it was in Wellington. See, that's fucking. Because I thought it was a new name for Eden Park, but yeah, no. So, so they're going to. So the Warriors are going to lose for sure. Then, if it's, I mean, if it's not, if it's not, it's not Mount Smart. Yeah, it's not Mount Smart. The Warriors don't have a great record away from Mount Smart when playing in New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, or out of New Zealand for that matter, but um, specifically games played in New Zealand that aren't at Mount Smart, they don't go too well. Um, you got Matt, in... you got Matt Chetch and, and, and Modern Family as the referees. So, look, as far as the Tigers go, I'd much prefer, this is going to sound silly, but I'd much prefer to be playing the Warriors after them having won last week 
then having them staring down the barrel of a fourth straight loss and having all that pressure and, and maybe forcing themselves, you know, forcing a performance out of them. Yep. Um, I actually like the fact that they won last week and we can come up against them. Um, we generally go okay in New Zealand, um, historically. I don't know exactly what the win-loss record, but I just have this feeling we've you know we've sort of won our share of games over there, so it's yep. certainly not a uh, a real hoodoo or a graveyard for us. And um, we're playing well enough. So um, I think our forwards are more than capable of standing up. Our bench is probably stronger. Um, and then we've got you know, the most dynamic combination um, in rugby league at the moment in Luke's books, James Tedesco and Robbie Farah leading the way. <laughs> I don't think we can lose. Well, look, I had a look at the footy tips side earlier today when I was, you know, getting the tips and stuff and putting my tips in for the weekend. Money-wise, the Warriors are, like, fairly comfortable favourites in the vicinity of, like, you know, fifty to, you know, early $2. I'll be having another lazy fiver on... Uh, Paddy Richards first draw. Yeah, I'd, I'd, and I'd fucking multi that with West Tigers winning because I don't know what the fuck they're thinking with those odds. I think the Tigers will win easily. I don't know about I think easily. It'll be close. I, I think it. You know, again, coming up against a team containing Sean Johnson, um, Tompkins still finding his Tompkins feet. is a fucking myth. <laughs> still he's one of those feet. guys. He's, he's he's fucking. You know, yeah. I, I've heard great things about him. I've heard stories. Props as well. It's another good test for our forwards. Yeah. So. I'm not even going to fucking hear about the, the this talking up of the Warriors side. They're fucking shit house, and the Tigers will win easily. You're starting to sound like me. <laughs> I'm just I, I just keep it fucking real. Team allegiance is out of there. I just I just keep it real. Parramatta Eels versus the Penrith Panthers at uh, Parramatta. Shane Haynes got this one. You left out the um, Bulldog Storm game there, homeboy. Oh, you're going to get into no. That's next on my list. Right, sorry, yeah. buddy. Yeah, this is the 5.30 game. And yep, it's gotcha. Okay. You cool? yeah, we're good? Yell. All right. Don't yell at me. Okay, so Parramatta, can they... I mean, they... Last week, they had a significant bounce-back factor from their flogging, as we sort of, you know, predicted. Um, but how do you bounce back after such a heartbreaking loss? I don't know that you do. Chris Sandow comes into the side against Jamie Seward. Yeah. Battle for the hash cat watch hashtag, yeah. really. The winner will be presented after the game. Two grumpy midgets going up against one another. Penrith are just a better side. I think you they know. are. I think they're a better football team. They're both. They're both minnows of the competition. But I mean, you know, there's there's level of minnow minnowhood, and and Panthers are certainly far up, far further up the ladder than the Eels are. You know, Eels playing are playing at home, but it's not a million miles away from Penrith. I think a fair few Panthers fans, um, and some of the Panthers nerds might make the trip. Yep. And um, and and show their support. And um, I just think the Panthers at this stage of the game are a more rounded side. I think mm-hmm. they can. Uh, you know, probably a little bit more structured and um, and and a bit more solid in the halves. I think they'll get it done. Ken Seo makes his return to the Parramatta side. Uh, Totai got dropped. Now, look, Totai would have been on the side of the field where a lot of like the Matai tries and the Jamie Lyon try that came in. You know, but that that was all. It wasn't really wing stuff. I mean, that was more sort of around the centres. Sure. And that's I feel. He's he's got dropped. I don't know if it was because of defence that he was dropped, but. I think it's, you know, you also got to look at it, you know, Brad Arthur especially should, you know, he should know fucking better and go, well, look, you know, we had Jamie Lyon to Matt Hyde, <laughs> you know, there was a fucking, you know, it was a fair attacking, you know, thrust down that side as well. are pretty happy to see the the back of uh, Totai. So. Yeah, is he that bad? Well, I didn't think so. He scored, he he scored, okay. he scored at least four tries this season already, so I mean, yeah. maybe he's led in more than that. I didn't think he was that bad last week, though. I mean, even though the defensive stuff came down his side, I thought that, you know, uh, Hopper Jr. is a bit of a liability in defence at the moment, too. And, I mean, especially in that trial game that we played against him before the season, the last trial, we scored all our points down through Hopper Jr. So, you know, he's not 
you know, blameless in this situation either, really. Um, bit of a local derby. Should be a, a, a pretty close-fought game, but I think the Panthers will win. Oh, I think Panthers will fucking smash them. Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs take on the Melbourne Storm. This one. Very, very, very extended bench from the doggies. Moses Mbai. 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 Sorry, that was a little bit random. That was one of those moments where I just fell asleep and mbopped in my sleep. Um, I, I can't see any chance of the Bulldogs winning this game whatsoever. No. Bulldogs are a real minnow side this year. And I saw an article that, where uh, I can't remember who it was talking about. Perhaps it was James Graham. Perhaps it was Pritchard. I don't remember. They're saying that, uh, you know, we've got these guys like Fafita and stuff coming next year. But uh, that's when the fans are expecting, you know, big things to happen. But, uh, you know, just quietly, like, big things are going to happen this year. Big fucking wooden spoon bash straight up your ass, maybe. But, uh, he's lacking protein, James Graham. He's not thinking straight. He needs to chomp on some ears. Exactly. Him. And like, if it wasn't if it wasn't James Graham that said it, I don't apologise either. I mean, it was just some fuckhead in a blue and white jersey. I don't know who it was. Yeah, I think the Storm 13 plus. Yep. And uh, as I found out in the grand final a couple of years back where these two played each other, and I thought, I can't watch this game because I hate both these cunt sides with equal passion. And then when it actually started, the game started happening, I started supporting the Storm over the Dogs. And it's probably a Hazel thing, but um, yeah, Storm by a million. South Sydney Rabbitohs take on the Canberra Raiders. This one, ANZ Stadium. Cavernous ANZ Stadium. English named, despite just, being concussed, sorry, allegedly. Did you see the, the Tigers seven games for 50 bucks? Good deal. Is there a better way to get crowds to fucking ANZ? Look, there's Make a theory... It, like, impossible to ignore, like... For me, there's, there's, there, is a, there is a theory uh, that, you know, that some people say, and it's one that I happen to subscribe to, where they do, like, you know, a simple mathematic thing where they say, look, would you rather have, you know, 5,000 people at a game paying, you know, $40, $40 for a ticket, or would you, you know, you know 10,000 paying 20 yeah, and like I, I subscribe to that. That's a valid theory because I, you know, I feel like, you know, you're getting, if you get more people through the gates, you're selling more merchandise, you're selling more fucking hot dogs and and sure. more more warm beers and 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 cold pies. Gotcha. To me, it makes perfect sense, but you know, not everyone you know likes that you know that method. But I would always prefer to have be at a bigger crowd because let's face it, we've you know every year we go down to you know multiple Titans games. Sure. In a fucking morgue. And I'm planning on going more to more this year, um, given my experience with Jackson with the Tigers game, and he's keen to go to more. So yeah, um, yeah. Did I mention just while we're talking, we were sort of talking about overpriced and poor quality food? Then um, did I mention the gluten free? There's a gluten free stall at Suncorp now. Yeah. I thought you know what I'm going to check that out. Might be something super healthy in there. Gluten free pies. Gluten free pies. Gluten free pizza. Gluten free hot dogs. You've got to be fucking kidding me. This is like vegetarians, right? If you want to be a vegetarian, more power to you. I mean, I fully support your your decision to to forsake deliciousness in this, you know, for whatever agenda. But don't eat like not dogs and fucking tofu bacon and fucking... No, you can't eat stuff that's meant to look like meat. Yeah. You eat... Go sit down and eat a fucking broccoli tree. Like, you know know what I'm saying? Like, I I hate this pretend shit. And I made... I made Troy tramps three quarters of the way around the fucking stadium 
Because we went the wrong way. <laughs> Could have walked a third of the way. Yeah, yeah, I've done that trying to get to the big rooster. Yeah. Red rooster, I should say. And, fuck, I was disappointed. So, what, did you get something there? Yeah, I got... And what'd you get? Like, fish and chips. Gluten-free fish and chips. Oh, so they just didn't... They they used, like, rice flour in, in the in the stuff for the batter or for the, yeah. for the fish or something. Because, like, let's face it, potato because is gluten-free like, well, and fucking, fish is gluten-free. I talked it up, so I'm yeah. not going to walk out without spending some money, but I won't be back. And so despite the fact that it was like something that where the gluten really isn't a factor, like fish and chips, still no good. I mean, it tasted okay, but it was still fish fried fish and chips. I could just, I had this thing that it was going to be something, you know, like a healthy option. Grilled fish. Oh. You know. You're at the footy. Oh no, I know, Smash I know. But you can, roll go, or... you can go there and, and you can get like a, a wrap or a fresh sandwich or, you know. Or you can get red rooster and chips. Sometimes I have little sushi packs, but they yeah, generally I don't go. know if I'd eat. I don't think I'd eat yeah, fucking football field sushi. Hesitant, I've got to tell you. I mean, when you're eating something, when you're eating raw fish, I want to see the Japanese. I want to see a Japanese dude slicing that shit and putting it on there. I don't want because who knows how long it's been on that fucking train. Amen. <laughs> now, what, which game are we talking about? We're we talking about the Rabbit South game. Yeah, uh-huh. Okay, cool. <laughs> Look, if England play South, win. Um, I don't think the Raiders really have fucking shown it. Enough. Another so, test of the farcical concussion protocols. Oh, isn't it ludicrous? But I just, um, I just, I, I think if if English does play, that's enough. <laughs> also remember that Isaac Luke has is gone for a significant period of time. Sure. Minimum six weeks, from what I hear. Yeah, that that's a big loss for South too. And so we've got this Apisai Karoisaur, um, who's always, I believe, is some kind of reptilian dinosaur. Jesus Christ. Good luck pronouncing that. Um, I just... I can't see it. Unless Milford does it all on his own, can't see the Raiders winning. Well, Milford's the only person that anything comes from in, uh, yeah. in, in the canvas. So, I mean, Cat's here. What's he done? Shadow what's, what's, he, what's he done from lately? Shadow is from I mean, he almost got himself a trial, you know, um, on the other night. I mean, you know, he busted through and got dragged down, you know, under the post about, you know, five centimetres away from the line. That's about the best thing he's done, though, in a very long time. Um, Milford, though... Dangerous every time he touches the ball. I mean, you know, the biggest danger with Milford is that, um, you know, his teammates will knock on the fucking bullet pass that he gives yeah. him after he gets his head through the hole. Um, but yeah, it's going to come from him. All right. And so, who do you say is going to win that one? I mean, surely uh, South is quite handsomely, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Newcastle Knights taking on the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks up there at Hunter. This one. I got. I got to say. I think the Knights will get it done at home with the emotion of uh, the Alex McKinnon situation. Yeah, I can see it. Um, I think they'll be definitely be pumped up for a big game, and um, there's already you know a bit of a social media campaign rise for Alex, um, which is a great initiative. Um, and I'm assuming they're trying to raise money. What are they trying to do? I don't know. I haven't seen any money I've demands attached to it before. I've but, only seen um, a hashtag and um, and a couple of little banners made up. Which has been impressive, and I like the sentiment, and that's enough for me to tip the Knights. The Sharks well, have got yeah, nothing. At the end of the day, you look at the Knights. I mean, they've had some. Uh, yeah, they've had the best start of the season, but they've had an incredible injury burden to to, sure. to to carry at the start of the season. And you know, as then the McKinnon thinks, just you know, just more pain on top of that. And despite that, you know, they they push the storm. Yeah. At down in Melbourne. Sure. So you know the Sharks haven't just, shown me anything. Just really well, really well coached, and I think that's enough to get over the Sharks. Yeah, I mean, the Sharks have got a, disappointing. the return of Fafita, Um this week, but other than that, 
really is his head going to be on who knows he, well, if Fafita's Fafita going to do great for, for super coach people because you know there's no goal in there so he's going to be taking you know doing more minutes and taking on more of the work but uh, you know how that translates into actual you know a game winning performance I don't know I think the Knights, are pro- Knights at home are probably safer bet Gold Coast Titans take on the North Queensland Cowboys Monday night foot bitch up at Seabus or down at Seabus I should say Seabus Super Stadium yeah the, the Cowboys were a little bit unconvincing and the Titans did have a good win over the Raiders I don't I just sorry don't don't don't, yeah, don't, don't be right. that guy don't I, be ridiculous I just, I just can't justify thinking that the Titans will win this game I think the Cowboys will be uh, more than good enough, they certainly uh, can certainly hold their own in, 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 against the formidable Titans forward pack. And then when you throw JT and uh, and some of those backs into the equation, it should be good night Titans. I agree 100%. Um, you know, I'm predicting a massive crowd of 6,000 people. You know, reported as 13 as per usual. And uh, yeah, look, I got to tip the Cowboys because I just cannot foresee. I can't see any possibility of the Titans winning this game. And having said that, they'll probably fucking smash them because, I mean, the Cowboys, you don't know what you're getting either. Yeah. I mean, disappointing so far, I mean, you know, as always, really, with the Cowboys. Oh, I just can't... I just cannot force myself to tip the Titans. I have to go Cowboys. I agree. And that is full time for episode 147. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. And uh, loads of followers on Twitter, loving it. Facebook, loads of likes on there too. Facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. So hit the like button, share our post, and thank you to the people that always do it. Just off the top of my head, guys like Trotters and, uh, and Dashing Dan and um, Cruzy. Guys yeah. like that, always, always, every week sharing the sharing the post awesome. and stuff. Appreciate so, it, guys. Exactly. Uh, no iTunes reviews, no new reviews this week. So step up your game, fools. Tipping or new, normality resumes in tipping. The, the, the site didn't crash this last week. Uh, Gaza Wonga on top with Scott Beebe. Both of them tied on nineteen correct tips. NZ Tiger on eighteen. Shane Aaron Elvis on eighteen. N doubles, which is a DJ X plane. He's on 18. Caught up with him uh, on Friday night at the game. Bought yep. me a bourbon. Nice. It's a fucking process fraught with danger, but uh, came through unscathed. <laughs> Great guy. Even uh, Troy with me walked away. He goes, he's a nice bloke, isn't he? Yep. Bought Troy bourbon too. Oh, there you go. Way to Troy's heart. That's all it takes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, because it's, it's a way to get to Oranga's heart. Exactly. To buy him bourbon, if he's a bourbon drinker. Um, but uh, yeah, had a quick chat. Uh, couple of quiet drinks and uh, yeah good bloke like to catch up with him again yep D-Butts 888 is also tied on 18 with those guys that's your top 6 and good then... looking bloke too DJ X-Play <laughs> good looking man good looking rooster uh, the unique one 80 Burke's Eagle Shagger 113 and Marcus are tied on 17 that's your top 10 but I would have to say that on 17 points that goes down to at least position 20 so there's a lot of people up there and even like I'm like fucking last page, but I've made it. I'm starting to make my run, but even that, I'm only like you know two or three correct tips out of the out of the top ten. So it's still close enough if you're good enough at this stage. Um, I like how Marcus is up there and like all that motherfucker does is sleep. Essentially, yeah. Like he talks about he talks a good game. I'm thinking about doing this, I'm thinking. You, you, yeah. I'll tell you what you're fucking doing is you're sleeping. That's he's, what you're doing. He's dreaming about doing it. Yeah. 
you're you're actually like I fall asleep when I'm actually doing you know co-hosting the number one rugby league podcast on the planet. That's because I'm physically fucking exhausted every day from working and and you know generally raising a family. Um, you're fucking sleeping. That's all you're doing. And when you wake up, you're tired from sleeping, so you go back to sleep because it's so, such a fucking physical exertion for you to sleep. You lazy <laughs> motherfucker. Get off your ass. Go and support your teams and do other stuff and live your life a little bit. This has been a public service announcement by Glenn. This is Glenn Blakely's life coaching. You're welcome. <laughs> Fantasy. Well, this week with fantasy, there's uh, what I like to call the uh, the, the GI-pocalypse. <laughs> Greg Inglis played five minutes, got knocked out, didn't return, scored zero points in Supercoach. And because of the fact that he actually took the field, that zero points stood and there was no auto-emergency player slotted in his place. So we had a situation there where some people thought that the Tigers were going to get carved up by GI, so they made him their captain, so they got double zero. Dickheads. Now, that wasn't me. I mean, I captained... I, I wasn't much better, though. I captained JT, I think, and he didn't go that great. I should have captained Willie Tonga because he got over 100 points, motherfucker. I don't know where those points came from, either, but whatever. Like, you know, I could have captained Merrin or someone who got, like, a decent batch of points or, you know, even Corey Parker. I mean, he wasn't, wasn't amazing, but he was okay. But despite the GI apocalypse, I was third in the country or third in the world last week. Uh, GI apocalypse, I dropped to fourth. The people who have one and two above me smashed beyond all recognition I got no fucking idea how far they plummeted but it would have been hundreds so uh, I'm still fourth in the world I'm incredible fucking performance by me if I do say so myself uh, we got Sismi Timbers uh, which is uh, coached by Troy He uh, he's behind he's, he's, he's got like 100 less points per round average than I do I'm, I'm 300 points up on him already at this stage of the season then we've got Fishy Fishies coached by Matthew. Lloydy Seabombs, who they, they were up there last year too, coached by David. Uh, Burke's Eagles, he's always up there. Uh, Falco Falcons, coached by Michael. Team Dev, Trotters is up there. Uh, the Sniffers. And the Villa Rumneckers, that's uh, Ben, Tiger Benji's team. And the TBI Dragons, round out the top 10 for our competition. So if you want to get on our competition, we'll have to put the link up on Facebook and on Twitter again, but there's a, there's a link that you can click to, to go through, and this is not a new league that you need to worry about in terms of you know having any slots free. You can have all your, your normal slots free and then still um, you know join this one as well. It's like the overall league for our, for the, our listeners. Um, and on the, what else on Fantasy? Oh, yeah, it's uh, the first week of Head to Head. This week. Yeah, when, this week when shit starts to happen. So yes. maybe you want to fucking make sure you've got 17 fit players on the field. Yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. And, uh, you know, try and not be the easy beat that you usually are. Well, it's just because I put my team in once every eight weeks. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, shop, uh, we're still clearing out some a couple of Revelation shirts. Still got some Tigers in Decline shirts. Got a, an order in for Tigers in Decline shirt today, so thank you very much. Um, uh, and membership, of course rewind to the start of the show and listen to all that stuff again that I said about membership and the sizing and you know how you can check all that sort of thing get on there we very much appreciate the people who've done it so far it's, it's actually surpassed our expectation for how many people we'd get to sign up which is fantastic um, which basically means you know this you know stuff stuff can really happen you know we can cover our costs Exactly. It ensures the future. If we if we can get that sort of membership every year, then you know it makes it very easy to continue you know doing things because it, uh, it's eliminated the cost and uh, means we can get these other things you know you know meetups and all that sort of shit. Plus, happening. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's building our brand all the time, and um, and it's another way to for us to engage with our our, our fan base and and 
and great supporters of the show and I look forward to um, to catching up with everyone at the meetups and, and, and getting down to Sydney for, for that one as well so and we should try like with the meetups too we should try and make sure that we don't like preload before we go there because traditionally when it's come to meeting up with people we usually fucking I generally rock up charged <laughs> like the 2011 grand final we were both fucking oh that was bad we were at least 10 drinks down at that point and, and we to- like literally Walked into the leagues club, sat at the table, and I was just like, started Fuck, I'm hungry. And we just like, bourbon, please. Yeah. And you said, That's not actually food. And I said, Well, how about you go and get me some food and I'll just drink my bourbon? <laughs> but, oh, that's when, that's when we walked to the bottle shop to get drinks yeah. for the bus. And then, yeah, that's yeah. Right. And we just drank. And the 2013 wasn't much different. I walked into the leagues club about 11 o'clock or something, started drinking, and uh, then just kept going all the way and then you know met up with some people uh at one of the bars at uh, at ANZ there before the game started and everyone's just you know just passing me you know bourbons rums and shit didn't matter what I was get absolutely obliterated and that was uh yeah another one of those situations where yeah fucking blind so maybe you know we could talk to talk to our listeners you know not completely obliterated and you know become obliterated over the course well, of Well I mean minute. I'm still a, a perfect gentleman yeah yeah Regardless, of course yeah, of mean, course just, let's not say that I'm not saying that you, like, you took your pants down and like or I'm not saying you went up to an later. Eight, I'm not saying you went up to like a, an 80 year old woman you know 80 year old woman asked you for a kiss and you fucking pulled her tit out and sucked it and then gave her a kiss or anything like Alan Langer did that time in Toowoomba fucking Jesus <laughs> it's a good uh, good note to sign off on the show it's possibly a, forever that's <laughs> True story. <laughs> no, I don't doubt d- d- it for a second. I just don't want to think about that. Uh, another win for the Springfield Panthers. Under seven whites last weekend. Jackson scored a another try, which you'll all be happy to hear. And uh, another big game this weekend before they break up for Easter. So looking to finish with a bang. Young, and who are you playing kids. this week? Uh, this week we are playing Red Bank Bears Blue. I think last week we played Red Bank Bears White. So There you go. Kids, toe on the line. Defensively, staunch. Getting bananas. Love drinking it. solo. No cans being necessary There's, to bash up their asses. I the made last the couple mistake weeks. of leaving the fruit um, close to where the boys sit when they're waiting for their turn to come onto the field. So they're smashing it while the game's going on. Old mate, the the manager of the side said, "Mate, you're gonna, you're gonna have to probably woo up there on the on the fruit. That's for everyone." He's like, yeah, sorry. As soon as the manager's back with Tony, he was fucking hooking in like trotters. <laughs> All right, on that note, catch you next week. See ya. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.